What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Uh, waiting patiently in the Experience Acid Green Room is Risty Risteski. We're gonna we're gonna get that owner of Yasum Crawl, aka JSK Cigars. Hopefully, I got that right. And co-owner of uh, Hoosier CBD, uh, Risty. Welcome to the show. What's up, man? You hear me uh, fine? Sounds so good. How, how do you how do you say your last name? Uh, Risteski. Ristes. And is it Risky or Risty yeah. or Riste? Risty for Risty. Risty. Okay. Yeah. You've it actually you actually did a lot better than most people. Okay. And, uh, cause, I've cause, heard some pretty weird things. Because <laughs> Care gets called Kerr. So, Risty, this is uh, uh, Care Viajante, owner of Stogie Road Cigars, and our co-host. What's up? Good evening, sir. How you doing? Good. Uh, right, just got back from my kid's soccer game. Made it for like one minute before <laughs> life. Right on. And it is it is pronounced Yah, right? As in Y-A-H, Yah? Yas. Yasunkra. Yas, Yas, Sunkra. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and it was a, yeah. I, I didn't know. I'm like I, I looked at the J. I'm like I'm pretty sure it's Yah, but it's so it's Yas. So uh, you call it JSK. Everyone calls it JSK. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's what I call it. JSK. It's easier. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so how how you doing tonight? Uh, how's how'd your kids? Your kids uh, win the game? It was practice. Oh, just practice. Mon Mondays I take the kids to soccer. My wife takes my daughter to karate. Karate. Yeah. yeah. How how old is uh how old are the kids? Uh, my daughter's seven. She just got her green belt Saturday, and then my son is five. Okay. Yeah. So that that was about the time that we took Kevin Junior. Maybe maybe he was like five or six. Um, uh, started him off in a soccer, and nice. the coach and the coach was so bad he yelled at the kids, berated these little five and six year olds, um, and it was it was horrible. Like halfway yeah. through. Um, like uh, like practice like 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 six weeks of practice or whatever because you know getting the kids to learn how to play the game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Kevin quit or wanted to quit and we pulled him out because it was just brutal. The coach was just so brutal and he didn't go back into sports until high school. It wow. it, le it left that uh, a lasting of impression on him. He he probably had uh, issues at home. He just tried taking out on the kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I'm, therapy. Yeah, and it was yeah. uh, uh, and, and it just I, I don't even know how, how how he did it, you know, or why he even did coaching. It was you could tell he wasn't. You didn't yeah. talk to the coach, Kev. You uh, know, no In the parking lot. Yeah, that's when you no. got to have that. You know, hey, yeah. listen, uh, you know, you're doing really good, but yeah. so so that they they try and get you to coaching yet, Risty? You know, I all all my dad buddy that have kids in, they're they're, they're always, hey, come on, help and coach, help out. Uh, I, I did get asked to help, but uh, I travel a lot. Like I, I, I usually can't make it to the Saturday games. I'm okay. usually out of town or just traveling, you know. 
So I, I wouldn't want to commit to that and not show up, you know. Mm-hmm. All the kids oh. would be like, you know, look at this jerk off. He never showed up. <laughs> yeah, look, look, look at this kid's dad. Your, your, your dad sucks. <laughs> yeah, he's never, much, never, you know? yeah, never, never here. <laughs> um, so, so Risty, an, an interesting uh, name, interesting uh, uh, company name. I'm doing yeah. a little research. You are first generation American. Your, your family's from Ma- Macedonia. Correct. Yes. Which uh, which I had to look up because Kara was about to say it. Kevin doesn't know where shit is, yeah. and like, and I'm just known. I don't know where things are. I like, and I think in a, in a message to Kara and Jennifer, and uh, I thought Sweden and Switzerland were the same place. I no. thought one was slang <laughs> for the other, and I thought like Sweden was what you were called people from Switzerland. I don't. So I had to look up. We thought Macedonia was right off of the coast of Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so I, I had I had to look it up. So so I know That's a I first. know. Yeah, I, I I know where it is. So um, what what brought the uh, the fan? Was it just your parents came over? What what brought the family uh, over? Yeah, what it was was my dad came over just uh, looking for work. You know, he came to the U.S. with a hundred bucks in his pocket. Wow. Uh, he started washing dishes at a restaurant, saved enough money, went back to my you know my mom. Got married, worked at the mill, busted his ass off his whole life, and retired. You know, when, you know, when you live in a country that doesn't pay shit, like, I mean, he made forty dollars a month selling cow milk. Wow. Yeah. So try to raise, you know, a family on forty dollars a month. You know, it's not gonna happen. No. No, you know, and 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 it's unheard of in today's like society. Like, 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 would we still do that? I mean, people that travel you know to another country to start a better life and then come back you hear a year two years later to go get the family it's like i just mind-boggling like what your dad must have been leaving your mom you know and then just coming over here and it is what it is i mean my my dad my dad's responsible for quite a lot of families in the united states right now He, he he came here made money i mean made a better life for himself and really anyone that asked hey can you sponsor me can you bring me over you know, my dad didn't hesitate. You know, he went, he put his name, you know, his responsibility on someone coming over just trying to start a new life. Wow. You know, so my dad, my dad responsible for quite a few families out here right now. Man, and and, uh, and out and out there, where, where, for people that don't know, where are you at? Where, where's your uh, home base? Uh, I live in Hebron, Indiana, about 45 minutes south, southwest of Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm a Bears fan. I'm not a Colts fan. So <laughs> that was gonna be a. You got you gotta love Peyton Manning though. Peyton, Peyton Manning. He was, no, he's not a, really. No. He's a he's a god <laughs> in Indiana. Just a a, a a a man among mortals. Whatever you want that, that saying is. But uh, I don't know. But yeah, my my I got buddies from Indiana. They actually named their their firstborn my my nephew Peyton, and uh, he actually when they were having a little girl, he tried to name his little girl Ellie. And then Brooke, his wife, was like, oh, Ellie's a beautiful name. And she started writing it different ways. And she's like, you son of a bitch. You're trying to name our daughter after his brother, Eli. She's like, I already gave you Peyton. And he almost had Peyton and Eli. That's They're funny. just, that's, uh, that's, that's dedication. I'm Colts right there. So not where, as dedicated. Where are you out of? You're out of, you're south of uh, Orlando? Or... Uh, yeah, I'm a, a, an hour south of Tampa. So I'm in, a, oh, okay. a, I'm in Northport, Sarasota County. Oh, okay. I got some friends out there. Okay, and then uh, Care is in uh, Greenville. Care, where is Greenville at? South Carolina, um, yeah. right on. Right over there by. Uh, What's guitar, that? Right, Bowling Springs. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, we were just were talking about about that earlier. It's uh, I go up to see my boy Cardick, yeah, Bowling Cardi Springs. Yeah, yeah, he's about forty minutes from me. It's great, great shop, great guy. Yeah, nice. we can't wait to get up there, you know, uh, and see that shop. Uh, um, we always see Cardick online selling everything. And, uh, yeah, it's a magical just, place, man. It's know, a magical he, place. He's got to sell more cigars on Facebook than he does, you know, anywhere else. That that man, that man's a hustler. Yeah, he is. And he most is. shops sell all their stuff on Facebook. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it, they, they, they tried cracking down last year, but people have gotten people gotten around it, figured out yeah. that you know, kind of figure out what to say, what not to say, and everything else. So. You know who who knows, but um, but your your so your your young kids, I obviously they're born here. Do they know of their um uh, heritage, their history, yes. the the family roots? Yes, uh, they speak full Macedonian when they talk to my parents and my wife's parents. You know, so they, they know really? both languages. Yeah. So 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 did you did you teach them? No, so, not whatsoever. I, I I I can just speak it. I can't read it or write it at all. Okay, so but you can speak it. Yes. Okay, so who? So it was your parents that taught the kids? Uh, my wife, my parents, you know, grandparents, you know, everyone else but me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so your wife, your wife is a uh, Macedonian as well. Yes, she was born how, here and uh, came here in the late nineties. How, how'd you How'd you meet her? How'd you meet a fellow Macedonian in Indiana? Uh, there's quite. There's a lot of us in here. We so like Macedonians when they come over back in the day. Uh, they all congregated where there's steel mills, like uh, like Jersey, Pittsburgh, Chicago, New York area. Anywhere there's uh, hard labor, like as far as steel, that's where they went, or there's like really big trucking community. You know, a lot of my friends, a lot of family members drive trucks or uh, own trucking companies and stuff like that. So we're, we're all in like spots all over the U.S. So I want to say there's like around 850 families here. So everyone, oh, wow. you know. We all partied at the church. We all hung out with other people at the church. It was just, you know, a tight, tight community. All right. Now, do you do you still have lots of family uh, uh, back overseas? Uh, yeah, I got. Uh, I would say so. Yeah, I got, yeah. I got like eighteen first cousins. <laughs> that's, 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 Jessica, how, how many did you ha do you have? I have. Uh, I think it's like twenty-three yeah. first cousins. Yeah. Yeah, my mom's a sibling of nine. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, so, so yeah, she, 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 she knows what it's like. I, I have like four first cousins or something. So yeah. I don't know. We're, we're a little bit, a little bit of a smaller, uh, smaller company or family. So, so I mentioned, uh, um, uh, before I said, uh, you're, you're, you're the, like the IT, you're an, you're an IT and like in the cigar yeah. world, you're known as like the IT guy. Like you, you've got, <laughs> you've, yeah, so everybody, you've got degrees from Westwood college of technology. You've worked in IT like your whole life. And before yeah, we get, do. Yeah, and uh, oh, you still you still do. You haven't left the uh, the game yet. No, I, I got a job at my local government. They offered me a job, and I'm literally home at one thirty every day. I do the IT for the entire county. Oh wow! Oh, nice. Yeah, so I mean, I've been doing IT since. I mean, I've been I building my first computer since they came out. Uh, tested out of a bachelor's degree, like in a year and a half. Uh, I did. I do a lot of government work, a lot of private work. You know, Fortune five hundred, Fortune fifty, Fortune one hundred work. Uh, but cigars is what keeps me sane. Yeah. What 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 got Definitely. you into? I mean, just uh, the IT, just just built, you know, building computer, just you know, just. I mean, what, I mean, any other family members, or that's just. Just know? me. I mean, what it was, my my dad bought me my first computer. It was a Packard Bell's, and it broke, and it broke out of warranty. And the, 
I still remember the phone call tech support and I didn't have any warranty. So I literally just took it all apart and rebuilt it and re, you know, fixed it. And it's been like that ever since, you know. I, I knew that's where I was going to go as far as like, you know, computer work, IT work. I liked it. You know, I like analytical stuff, data. I always look at stuff. You know, my mind's racing 24-7. So, you know, when I open up my computer at work, I have 75 different, like, web, web pages open up. God. You know, and that's just you a know. daily thing. And You know, but and, that, and that's what, you know, like, like in, in like the cigar, like the content creator world, um, that's what everybody knows me as like, I'm the numbers guy. Like, like people can yeah. say, you know, I have this or I'm this guy or this guy. And I'm like, show me the numbers, man. Show me, your, show me your, cause they don't lie. You can, you can, cause I've been around at a different events and watch other con content creators trying to yeah. hit up makers, you know, like for free stuff. And they're like, you know, I'm the, I'm the biggest guy in Southwest Southern uh, um, uh, South Carolina, you know, and it's just, and I'm like, you want to see some numbers? I got, I got numbers. I got spreadsheets I can show you, you know, and it just. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way, too, because, like, when people ask me, like, hey, uh, pay for ad, pay for this or do this, and I'm just like, well, I look at my website and I see the traffic that comes through in general, and I'm like, why would I pay for that? You know, theoretically, you should pay me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then CARE's a number. I mean, CARE's got to be numbers guy. You're in the medical field of whatever it is. That yeah, but you're, you're, you're at a different level when you uh... – you i've learned a lot from you just um when it comes to advertisement and you know the, the different uh social media outlets i mean i, I when i started doing uh, that my show five years ago it was just a phone on propped on top <laughs> of a cigar box and going yeah we got five people this is pretty cool yeah you know it's uh it, it's it's crazy where, where we've all uh where we've all come from um, so, so, uh, where did, where did the cigars, so who was the cigar smoker in your family? Cause that's usually one thing we always ask. There's always a, a, I, I an uncle get me started with it a while ago and, you know, he ended up passing away and I just on and off, I'd smoke here and there on and off. And then I really got back into it like 10 years ago, but I, I've always been collecting cigars as far as the like Cubans and stuff like that. I ended up selling a lot of them, you know, put some money aside for the kids. Yeah. You know, uh, but I, I smoke nonstop. I smoke four or five cigars a day, you know, even even mm -hmm. if after work, you know, on the way to work, I smoke one after work, I smoke one. Uh, I smoke all day. Yeah, know? but that makes it, you know, it, makes what, it nice. What it was, was I was just at home. I'm like, you know, I, I think I can make a cigar, make my own blend, something I like. You know, I've smoked enough of them. But then, you know, going to Nicaragua for the first time, you realize you don't know actually, you know nothing, absolutely jack shit. Like, the book, everything you read online, who you talk to, it, it means nothing until you go down there and get the first-hand experience, you know. You know, the guys who eat, live, and shit tobacco all day, you know, that's where you really learn something. And, uh, you know, I told my wife I'm going to Nicaragua to make a cigar for myself. The first thing she says is, like, who are you going with? And I told her, really, no one. I don't even speak Spanish, you know. And she's like, how are you going to talk down there? And I said, oh, Google <laughs> Translator works pretty fucking well, you know, so. And that's how I got by, you know, my, my business partner, he doesn't speak any, any English. I don't speak any Spanish. And, you know, a normal five, five to 10 minute conversation takes an hour just going back and forth and translating, <laughs> which, you know, it's a day. It's a daily thing all day, you know, so. Wow. Yeah. You know, I, I can't wait. I know care hasn't been down either. And I, and I know I can't get can't wait to get down. I know care has, has ordered leaf online and messed with it. And then I've done like a little rolling thing with Sokka where 
we're in the air conditioned room rolling these, you know, tabaqueros and, but, you know, I, I can only imagine the, the sights, the sounds, the smells, you know, and just realize that I don't know shit about once, anything. Once you, once you walk in a fermenting barn, then you really know what a smell is. You know, it, we, Jessica and I, we were at the J.C. Newman factory when they do the handmade and they have a, the, the, they open up these big doors and it was probably a pile of chopped leaves. I don't know, 30 or 40 feet tall. And uh, and she warned us, she goes, just you can't you if you want to go in, just it's got to be brief. And yeah. she opened up those doors like a punch in the face. <laughs> that yeah, smell. Try, try staying in there 12, 13 hours a day, every day. Wow. You know. I, yeah. I saw I saw a lady puke in Jalapa. She walked in, walked right out, and puked on the side of the barn. Really? Yeah. It just had a, a blast of ammonia. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. Now, now, where uh, where are your cigars made uh, uh, down in Nicaragua? Uh, Tobacco Lira Aragon, my, uh, my business partner. So I met, oh. I met him with my previous partner who I left, and he he left it to, before I did for somewhere else and. Uh, we just got together and said, "Hey, man, like, you know, he, he's cute. He he came from Cuba. He's in Nicaragua. He's in Nicaragua now. Mm-hmm. And I went down there looking to switch factories. And uh, after my trip in Europe, and you know, I walked in the old place and I saw him. And I was like, you know what, man? Let's just. You always wanted a factory. I always wanted a factory. Let's just fucking try it. And it's it's been a god bless ever since. You know. So 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 it was it's easy. It's like, hey, you want a factory? I want a factory. Let's just like 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 that is just that that's something that still happens in Nicaragua, Honduras. You know, the D- Dominican. You can start factories. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, AJ Fernandez started on one table, and one chair in, in a garage, and now he's like, a, you know, he's a monster down there. Oh yeah, you know, we, we watch all these shows yeah. on TV, like the machines that built America or the food that built yeah. America, and it just, you know, people with an idea. And then it's like, and then okay, so we're just we're gonna open up a factory and make this. I'm like, what? Like, like I I have yeah. product. I and I don't have a, a, a factory. In uh, hold on a second. Uh, what, what's up, Jess? Okay, okay. She she went interrupt. So now we had dead air just for her to say, "Let care talk." You know so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my moment. I I, yeah. I missed my moment. Yeah, yeah, Damn you, it, you, Jess. You you, you missed your you missed your moment. So so care. I, I don't know if you um uh, uh where where is your factory at care? So so uh. It's in uh. Knows. It's uh Tobacco Lara de Nuevo Nica. It's uh in Esteli. Nice. Um, it's uh um, the gentleman who owns it is Chris Weber. He's uh also is the owner of Veritas Cigars. Um, I, I've uh, heard of him. I've, I've never met the guy. Nice, good, great guy. I mean, super nice guy. Uh, um, I switched factories from Honduras to Nicaragua at the beginning of the new year. And, you were with uh, uh, Gabi, right? Or Gabi? Yep. Yep. Okay. And I've, um, seen, I've seen one of your shows before back in the day. Yeah, years ago. It's, it's, they, they they pop up some, from time to time. <laughs> there's some there's some good ones. There's some slow ones, but um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, I I've. It's funny as you had mentioned your partner that you you don't speak Spanish, he doesn't speak English, and um, I had um, um, Felix Mesa was up visiting okay. um, El Galan, and he's he's uh, overseeing the the uh, Fuente factory in Nicaragua. Yeah. Well, he was up here, and, and we spent uh, uh, he did an event, and we went out to dinner. He came over to the house, and he doesn't speak a lick of English either. But I'll tell you what, he and I had the best conversation with Google Translate, and just yeah. being able to you know when you have that. 
that that connection with someone it 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 goes beyond language yeah i mean tobacco is a language you know yeah it brings everyone together you know what i'm saying yeah he's and he's another guy like you said when you live sleep eat shit tobacco i mean it's amazing how much you learn just on just the the plant itself you know just looking at a plant let alone the whole fermentation process and then the blending and then the rolling and then everything else and the, every and the variation, aging. like 33 different variations and every, every, yeah, it's, 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 it's intense. It's nuts. Yeah. You know, so, so when you, when you went down there to make your first cigar, um, did you bring like cigars? Like, this is what I like. Um, no. or I mean, were you a cigar nerd at that point? You knew, like, I like, you know, this I, knew what, I, knew, I knew what I liked. Uh, but in the cigar world, everything you read on paper is usually false because a lot of people really don't tell you what's in them. It's, you know, secrets because there are people in this industry who really do say what's, what's in them. They will replicate your shit and try to sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew what I liked. I knew what brands I liked. I knew what, you know, flavor profiles, strengths I liked. And it was just a blending process. You know, I mean, the first time I sat at the blending table, I had to take a break after like two hours because I, you know, I got like nicotine poisoning. I had to get coffee and you know, the guy's like, we got to get you some pork. You know, let's go eat, you know. So. <laughs> Man, I, I, and I always hear that when we get makers on and they say the same thing. They'll, they'll smoke cigar after cigar after cigar. And yeah. it's like, I don't, I, I, you know, three or four cigars and my, my mouth is done. My palate is fried, you know, and they're, you know, smoking 10, 12, 15 a day trying to work through a new blend. Yeah. And it's, and, and it's mind, mind boggling. I mean, you yeah. don't really smoke the whole cigar, but well, I mean, yeah. once, once you get to a couple that you like, you roll a few and let them sit for about three days and smoke in a third or fourth day. See, you know, it develops a little bit. And if you like it, just just go with it. You know, you know? Is, is that is that how many like like you know you, when you started with you know you know you kind of whittled it down? Did you bring them back home with you, have them make some samples and kind of you know let them yeah, acclimate I mean, here? What I did is I you know I was rolling the Toro at the time and I was doing four filler leaves with the binder and once. I find, kind of got my filler down. Then I started playing with the binder. And once I got my binder down, I started playing with the wrapper. And once I had, you know, three to four blends I really liked, uh, I made like, you know, 15 of them. I let mm. them sit for three days. You know, we went up to Jalapa, look at some tobacco, went around Nicaragua itself. And then, you know, I, I woke up that day on the third day. I remember I was smoking with uh, a coffee I had at uh, Airbnb. Her name is Esther. She's from the uh, Netherlands who has an Airbnb right outside of AJ's factory. I liked it, you know, and I went back to the factory. I was like, you know what? I like this blend. Let's go with it. And that's it. You know, I, I first I first commissioned 5,000 Toros. Uh, I went home with about 100 of them. And every week, you know, I would smoke two to three a day, notice the changes. And then, you know, I hit that really sick period around like week three. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to taste like <laughs> shit now. Like, I got 5,000 fucking turds on the way, this and that. But it changed, you know, after about the fifth, sixth week, it just it finally settled into what it was. And I remember going to the airport with my brother at the O'Hare, the cargo to pick him up. I opened it. I took a, I smoked it in a truck on the way home. My brother looked at me. He's like, I can tell that's good because I talk a lot. I didn't say a word when I was smoking it. And he's like, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it worked out, you know. So I've actually heard, and this is what Kevin said. I mean, I, I had a couple of trips that were scheduled to go down to Honduras a couple of years ago. And one thing or another, they got, you know, canceled. Then COVID hit, which I mean, 
is you know a huge bust yeah um and you know with this new variant coming up got to really kind of see where that goes in order to go down and visit chris um at the factory but everybody that i've talked to they say when you roll the cigars and you smoke them down there obviously take into consideration the resting and the aging but what but when you smoke them here they taste way different than smoking them down there i think it's i, th- I think it's just a different mindset when you're down there yeah for i was me, wondering that, if that's me, the case was, for me what it was like when i came back to the u.s like all my government stuff all my it stuff came back into play and you know i couldn't wait to smoke a cigar over there you're just you're just having a good time relaxing enjoying yourself you know so you're kind of already in the mood to smoke a cigar all day over there yeah, yeah Plus, it's, it's like it's you like know, when you go on vacation tobacco 24 yeah. 7. yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know like, like you, go to, you go down to nassau on vacation you're there for a week you're like i'd like to live here and then people are like no you don't want to live here you know? <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is a horrible place to live you know same with yeah you know you, you smoke them and then you come back home to the real world and then that, that's it. I mean, I, I don't know how you guys smoke cigars in Florida. I was in Florida two weeks ago. I was in between Destin and Panama City. We, you know, we rented a place on the beach. And it was it was horrible, like trying to smoke a cigar outside. You know, I'm like I can't fucking live here. Oh yeah, it's gotta you be know. in the AC. Yeah, that that that's why I'm in a climate controlled air you know room. I've yeah. got you know twin vents, my my rabbit air and air conditioning. The vent is right above me, coming down. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we yeah, we built a big new huge deck, this pergola, this misting fan. Nice. Yeah. Two, two, two months. I don't I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. actually not much it's uh, up here in South Carolina, we got some pretty humid days too. So, um, oh, yeah. you'll light a cigar, you start smoking and then halfway through you're like, "Man, this thing's soggy." <laughs> yeah. Swells up the bands barely barely stick yeah. together. <laughs> oh yeah. Exactly. Nah. Brutal. So, so you mentioned you started off smoking, um, or, or you know, uh, your big. You know, everybody knows you're a big Cuban uh, cigar guy. Is that from like the Macedonian heritage? You know, the Euro- Europeans, Cubans. Is that is that what uh, really just, got you into? Just, those were the first cigars were ever handed to me. Now, you know, I just thought these were just cigars at the time. You know, I really didn't get into like you know non-Cuban stuff until literally about ten years ago. You know, I started. You know, that's when I started smoking a lot of like Pete Johnson stuff or the general stuff that came out and. You know, for me, all it was was Boulevard Party gets Trinidad. Boulevard Party gets Trinidad. Mm. Party gets yeah. for breakfast, Trinidad for the day, Boulevard, you know, any other time. Mm. But, like, once you start smoking, you know, New World stuff, especially Nicaraguan stuff, you know, I had a buddy that just came up here last Tuesday from Sarasota. He called me. He's like, I'm in town. So I'm swing by and uh, I opened a box of uh, Boulevard uh, Gigani's from 1998. and it tastes like you're smoking a piece of cardboard. There's no flavor, no nothing. So it's like, at this point for Cubans, all they are for me is just an investment and that's it. I mean, I don't, I really don't seek out anything to buy unless it's a rare thing or, you know, something that's discontinued. I don't, yeah, you we, know, we, with the new stuff coming out, Habanos, I say, I don't actively look at them anymore. I, to me, I mean, I'm probably gonna cut shit when people's here, but to me, they're flavorless, dude. They're not worth the money, in my opinion, as far as if you smoke yeah, every day. He, he, and, and, and you've got to know so much. So, so we had on, and I don't, since you were big into the, the Cuban cigar world, I don't know if you know my buddy, uh, Emil Demeth. Uh, he owned Havana Tranquility, um, uh, Dr. Emil. And, uh, I mean, he, I mean, I, I don't even know. 
I, I guess, you know, from what I've read online, you know, like one of the top Cuban cigar collections on the planet, you know, just an amazing, and, and say the same thing, it was just, you know, collect, it's all an investment, and you know, he loves smoke, that's all he smokes, he still doesn't smoke, and, uh, and then and then recently I'd mentioned it to, on the show before, his house burnt down, and I think he lost, mm. what was it, three, three million dollars? Yeah, uh, I, I know people that spend more than that a year in cigars, just in yeah. Cubans. God. I know one. I know one collector that has a warehouse bigger than Hilfano's essay. Really? A ge- yeah. God. And I'm wow. talking you know, like you know, three hundred thousand for a humidor with like sixty cigars in it, and he has like twenty of them. You know, wow. So, you know, I, I know. I know thing. a lot of collectors. <laughs> wow. You know, that's one thing talking with Emil. It was like you just have to know to. You have to be too into the cigar in the Cuban cigar world. You got to know the factory. You got to know the month. You got to know rainy seasons. You have to know so much to get like yeah, that. Certain years prize. are different. Like the, the, hur- the hurricane that hit in 2002, so obviously there's a shortage. And, you know, I think uh, Rabani had put air conditioners in 2003 in fermenting barns, so his tobacco was different from 0203 and less tobacco. But that's a whole different world because, like, when I was big into selling, like, vintage stuff, you know, people. Other collectors would call other collectors and like, have you heard about this guy in Hebron, Indiana? And like, why does he have this box and I don't? You know, and <laughs> you, you get a you get a street cred check and they're like, yeah, he's he's been collecting. His stuff comes out of his, you know, because they ask you how how long did you age it? What's your humidor at? Who did you buy it from? And no, they'll, they'll do like a pedigree of where that box passed along yeah. as who owned it. You know, I can really. Imagine. Yeah, I mean, I've sold boxes of cigars for forty five hundred, fifty five hundred dollars. You know, so. You're not going to spend $5,500 just like, oh, yeah, that guy knows the stuff. They're going to spend a week really knowing who you are. Yeah. Or send someone to your house to make sure what you're saying is the truth. You know, like I had to go to Chicago and meet another collector from, you know, up north part of Illinois just to sit down and talk to him before another guy in Spain would even think about purchasing a box from him. That, that, is, that is insane. <laughs> It's well, you think about that investment, dude. man. That's yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money. And considering that Cuban cigars are the uh, most counterfeited item next to money yeah. um, in the world. And I was actually up at Biggs in Chicago. Biggs is awesome. Biggs. And um, this was years ago. They had a stand with a bunch of Cube, old Cubans. Yeah, uh, yeah three Pre-embargoes. I want to put some of my pre-embargoes in there one time for uh, consignment sale. But yeah, and that's what they the guy was that the, when I went back they they weren't there. And he said, well, they had someone in here who did some consignment, and they actually had them in there. And I was just amazed at the prices, but just being able to see the cigars um, pre-embargo, they had the dates on it, the pricing on it. And I think the other place that I went to that had Cubans was out in San Francisco, was uh, Vendetta. I've never been there. I don't think I've ever been to San Francisco. Um, yeah, we went there, and when I looked at the cigars, I again, I was like, "Oh, those are nice," but it just they looked different than what I was seeing at Biggs. Biggs was the traditional smaller Vitola. They had, yeah. I mean, you could tell by the bands, the boxes. It was all legit. Yeah, Cubans back then. I mean, you, you'd be you'd be hard to find a Cuban <laughs> like over a forty-eight ring gauge, right? Thing, you know? Yeah. So when now some guy says, "Here's a Toro. This is a pre-embargo," I'm like, "Eh, I don't know about that one. Nice, nice yeah. cigar." <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I've been up at Jeff, Jeff's Corona Sand Lake store where he's got all his Cubans, and I, I know he's he's got he doesn't have a large collection, but he's got. But but you look at some of the prices, a couple hundred dollars for a cigar, a cigar. 
know. Yeah, I've seen a couple thousand dollars for Ace. Yeah. God. Yeah. You know? Bigs, I think there was yeah. one that was $1,500 for a cigar. Yeah. And it was just like, I, I, I wanted to buy one, but I realized I'd be living in my car if I did that. Yeah, I want to. I want to say the original Bihiki you can buy. I, well, the price has changed because I know. I know that one of the guys who sold a box for it was like, I want to say one hundred eighty thousand pounds, which would be like almost three hundred k or something. Like that. Uh, you can buy one cigar for like twenty thousand dollars, but then you can pay an insurance fee of like nine thousand dollars for them to light it for you because if it if it fucks up, you get another one. So if you're spending twenty grand, would you would you spend 20, <laughs> in another nine grand for someone to light it? If it fucks up, you get another one. Yeah. God, for 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 not for if, if I was gonna spend that much, I would just pay the nine grand and watch him smoke it. You know, just yeah, just light it and like enjoy it, sir. Just uh, That's you know, great. Yeah, may I hold it for a picture real quick? You know, for my Instagram. You know, but uh, that, that's probably the best. That's the probably the best thing about Cuban cigars for online is people post pictures smoking them. But everyone will tell you it's the best thing they ever smoked because they just spend seventy five dollars or fifty dollars. Oh yeah, cigar. you have to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's the same, same thing when, when, I, when I smoke Sokka's Unicorn for a hundred bucks. People are like, how was it? And I'm like, it's a hundred dollars. What am I going to say? It's garbage. You know, yeah. it was it was it was a cigar. You know, it was like it was it was yeah a little bit better than his regular cigar. But man, it's no, it's not a hundred dollars. You know, or a thousand. You know, that that's in that's it's not insane. eighty dollars better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not eighty dollars better. You know, and, um, it's a good cigar. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, and uh, uh, you and Care in, in enjoy one style of cigar, you know. And, I mean, you two are like known uh, as as Lancero guys. You guys are I just you're like mm-hmm. Lancero. So, uh, and, and one of my favorite uh, quotes uh, from Lancero is from uh, um, from Michael Herklotz, You know, uh, in, in an article he did years and years ago. You know, when someone asked him, I don't ask why you guys like Lanceros. I don't like Lanceros. So when someone when they he was asked. You know about the Lanceros. You know Michael Herklock always answers. You know who buys a Lancero, and he goes, "An educated consumer, a confident one. A Lancero smoker is the same type of customer who buys a Schrader RBS Cabernet. He doesn't need a trophy that other people recognize as great. He or she knows it's great, and that's enough." I love that. I love that quote from Michael Herklotz. I still not a huge Lancero guy. Um, why do you got? Why do you guys both? Risty first. Why, what? What is it with the Lancero? And has that always been like a, a go-to ever since the beginning? Yeah, and for me, it's depth and flavor. You know, I don't care. I don't care if I look like you know people are like. Oh, you're smoking like a chick cigar or something. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm smoking something your palate hasn't come up to par yet. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's how I look at it. I mean, same thing. You know, I, I, I like, I like. Vintage scotches, you know, aged scotches, bourbons, cognac, stuff like that. You know, I for me, it's about depth and flavor. You really, you really, in my opinion, a thirty-eight to forty, you really feel what the blender is really trying to hit with that blend. You know, because mm-hmm. Toro's a Toro. Everyone rolls Toros and Robustos and now sixties because they sell. Yeah. You know, when when I came out with Lancero, the guy, you know, the guy, you ain't gonna sell any of them. I don't give a shit because the first two thousand Lanceros I rolled are in my humidor. That's my right. personal stash. The rest. After 2000, I just started selling them. You know, that's just my favorite size. You know, I agree. I mean, I, 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 I love. I, I'll, I'll, it'll probably take me longer to smoke a Lancero than it'll yeah. take me to smoke a Toro because, yeah, it takes longer. You enjoy the moment. You savor, like you said, the depth and the flavor, yeah. and and you're getting so much flavor from a Lancero, and you have to 
you have to be a conscientious smoker so it doesn't kind of get out of control because exactly because somebody fo- somebody folks will puff on it like it's a, like it's a, a robusto or a toro yeah and it'll burn too hot and they just don't know how to smoke it so you take a lot but the, what, when you take that long time smoking something that has got such great flavor the 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 experience is just that much better it conditions you to smoke yeah, yeah. smoke land smoke for a month and then smoke your favorite toro after it and i guarantee the toro tastes a little bit better because you've required to smoke like you smoke the lancero you let it burn slower you're not huffing on it all day you know it, it, it's you get a I good pace like a marathon you get a real yeah. nice pace and you just get in that groove and it's just enjoyable Mm-hmm. Now, are you do you? Because I didn't see any Lanceros on your website. If I unless I missed them, is that something that's in your your lineup? Um, uh, so just the Red Knight is uh, the closest Lancero of size would be in the Tyrannical Buck. I have a six and a half by forty, which uh, the Connecticut I I chain smoke because the Connecticut does extremely well overseas because a lot of people say it's the Cuban they wish yeah. they had with power, <laughs> you know. So. Uh, no, I, I do Lanceros in all my blends, but I never really release them. I always smoke them for myself because I always want to know what that blend would taste like. Uh, I do have a lot of stuff coming out in the next six to seven months. You know, while while the whole industry was trying to rush and make cigars and get them out as fast as possible because of COVID, yeah, there's a cigar boom, but like I could have had a shit ton of sales. I know I'm gonna have a shit ton of sales when I release my stuff because even at the show, everything I sample out is six, eight, nine months old. You know. I don't I don't like to sell nothing that's three, four months old or you know, so all this stuff coming out next year, I rolled during, you know, March, April of last year. You know, so now yeah. on your Lancero, um um uh, you, you um you said it was a uh, uh was it a forty by six? The uh, Red Knight Lancero is a seven by thirty eight. Okay, seven by thirty. I was wondering if if you because uh, traditionally Cubans are seven and a half by thirty eight. Yeah. And I've and I've been seeing a lot of people doing like a six and a half or seven by like a forty. You know, it seems like people are, are taking the Lancero, they're they're making it a little bit bigger than what it traditionally. That's you know, the sales. Used, you know, just used to be. Is that all? Oh, that's all. That, just it's because of sales because it, it actually cost me more money to make that Lancero than a Toro, and my margin is a lot lower on that Lancero. So I mean. You know, if someone tells you, hey, it's going to cost you X amount to make this 38, but it's going to cost you 20% cheaper to make this 40, and you can bump your margin up 40% total, you know, a lot of people go that route. You know, the Lancero is usually, the, I mean, my Lancero is $10 at the store. My Toro is 950 and, you know, my Robusto is 9 bucks, But it costs me more to make that Lancero, and I make, mm-hmm. at least, at least, and least, I make the least amount of money on it, and it's probably my worst-selling cigar as far as size. Yeah, it's just a Lancero. I was so telling they, Kevin when I did when I did mine, um, I, I I just released a, sh- a, sh- a limited limited run every fall, mm-hmm. and it, it, when I first did it, it was a passion project because I love Lanceros, and I, I you go into it going, yep, it's going to cost more. No, I'm not going to make a lot of money. I'm not going to sell a lot of them, but once you get that that product, that finished product, and you smoke it, and you're a Lancero fan, you're like, oh yes, because it, it goes back to Hercules because you're going to get those people that smoke yep. those zeros and they're like wow you fucking nailed this one you know? yep yeah you got, I, there's a couple of shops that, that I, I deal with that are it's really family members and, and, and about four shops that just when they come in they just move because nice. they have they have that crowd they have a, a crowd of that, that love that uh, the Lancero size and um, yeah. it's also it, it's it's great too when you, when you have a roller it takes more time it's a little bit because 
one of the failing problems that I've seen with Lanceros is is rolling it too tight and getting the plugging. Yeah, a lot of it comes to because, like, you know, they'll take a roller that's been rolling Toros all, all month or all week. Uh, a person who rolls Lanceros can literally contract out the factory because that's what they specialize in. And mm-hmm. you pay them for rolling 400 cigars a day, but they're really rolling 200, you know, perfect Lanceros. But you have to pay them for, you know, four or 500 cigars worth because if not, they're just going to go back to rolling Robustos or Toros. At, you know, at that price. Yeah. So. It's definitely, uh, I, I remember talking to Felix Mesa about that on the different rollers and experience with the different sizes um, and, and 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 the experienced rollers and what they use them for because you want to put them on um, yeah. on your Lanceros. You know, um, but it, it, it was really interesting. I had a question for you because <laughs> you're talking about <clears throat> the Cubans that you're smoking that not a lot of flavor there and and i i i agree with you just because of you know the palate it's just my palate too um, uh, older stuff age like cubans they age good but when they they peak fast yeah um what did you what made you choose nicaragua um did you consider other countries or was it you were focused in on nicaragua and did it have to do with the the tobaccos coming out of that country at that time, I was heavy smoking Nicaraguan cigars. I was trying a lot of Dominican stuff. I wasn't really a lot of fan of a lot of Dominican cigars. Came out a lot of Dominican blends. I started smoking a lot of Nicaraguan cigars, and you know, I met a guy, and he's like, you know, I asked him, I want my own cigar, and he literally said, I get this question a hundred times, a hundred times a week by people. If you're serious, come down. And I went, I went down and started my own thing, and uh, but that's what it was. I was smoking a lot of Nicaraguan cigars mm-hmm. at the time, and I, I really love. The strength, and for me, it was because I went from Cuban to straight Nicaraguan, and then I was, you know, smoking every possible cigar I can on the shelf. You know, a good friend of mine, Eddie's like, if you really want to know a cigar, smoke every fucking cigar in a cigar shop. Take your notes, and then the ones you like, go back, smoke it again, and find out what other cigars are made with a similar tobacco profile and stuff like that, and get really into it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of gravitated to just nothing but Nicaraguan cigars. You know, and that, that's, what, that's what I tell a lot of uh, new cigar smokers, and um, and that's one reason why we have, like, a little a cigar journal. You can put your band in there and make your notes. And I tell everybody, just smoke everything. Just yeah. start smoking everything. Keep your notes. And then once you have a full book, you, I mean, you should be able to go into a tobacconist, a really good tobacconist, yes. and then sit down with him, and then he can go over page by page, and he can probably pick you out three cigars you know that that you could probably smoke forever and be like okay so i i notice you like this you like this you like this you may not know it but you Give like this shot yeah mm-hmm. you like nicaraguan you you know for yeah it's like i can tell by your book you love connecticut broadleaf so let's get you into this this and this and you know it just keep keep your notes you know that's what i tell everybody keep the notes and you'll a good tobacconist you may not be able to decipher it but but a good tobacconist will, will mm-hmm. tell you exactly why you like what you like a good tobacco is just hard to find, though, too. Yeah, because it takes time. It takes time, but there's a lot. You know, I'm not knocking any shots, but a lot of shots, you know, mentality is margin, margin, margin. I got a deal on this stuff. At, you know, I'm, I'm 20% off wholesale, and I can make an extra 20%. Let's just sell these this stuff. I don't care what they smoke. They're probably not going to come back. You know, I've seen that a lot of times, and, and a lot of times when I see that in a shop, I don't sell my cigars to that shop. Yeah. Right. I just don't want to be in that profile. You know, it's like. Yeah, I'm 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 in the uh, I'm a mechanic, uh, and and in uh, in at a tires plug. I probably shouldn't say that tires. But I tell everybody when you go into a tire shop, 
and uh, say, hey, I need tires. And then what, what's the best tire for my car? I'm like, who, who don't do that? You know, what, whatever's on sale, whatever they're making the spiff on, whatever. Whatever your $2 Smith for tire is. <laughs> I, I used to be a tire mechanic uh, for a shop way back in the day. Oh, okay. I, I, I know how that goes. Oh, yeah. So same thing. I think when you go into a, a cigar shop, you know, like I said, there's so many tobacconists. The same thing. Yeah. It's like, hey, I've got this box. You know, it's really good. It's been sitting around for like a year. These have got good age. And yeah. it's like, no, that that box hasn't turned because nobody wants it. You know, and he's like, I'm going to give you a good deal on this. You buy yeah. five, I'll give you two more for free. You know, yeah. and yeah, because you're probably not, <laughs> <I bet. laughs> not going to come back. You for know? me, so, like, uh, I really didn't smoke a lot of Connecticut. So I hated Connecticut. And so, like, at the time, a ton of Connecticut were coming out. I want to say, like, 2017. So I made a Connecticut that was full strength because that was the only way I could smoke a Connecticut. To me, everyone, you know, was trying to make that fake Cohiba from Nicaragua or Dominican to yeah. replicate. You know, hey, this is a Cuban cigar, or whatever, but it's really Nicaraguan or Cohiba. You know, so you know, if you, if, if you smoke if you smoke my tyrannical book Connecticut, it's there's really no other Connecticut really like it out there. There's a few, but I kind of base because I use Pennsylvania La Hero now, so it's mm. it's amped up. You know, in my opinion, uh, at IPCPR, uh, one of my sales guys, he doesn't work for me no more. He works at Ape now, Casey. Uh, Casey was telling people, like, smoke this Connecticut after you eat a steak. Yeah. And you really can't tell a lot of people smoke Connecticut. Yeah. No, no you, can't, you can't tell anybody. Yeah, no. that's, yeah. yeah, that's generally not a thing. But, yeah. I'll have to try that. I got to try yeah. that, though, that Connecticut. Because I, uh, I, I, I'll smoke a Connecticut from time to time if the mood strikes me. Uh, but uh, a, a buddy of mine, Kevin, is Jeffrey Amendola. Amendola Cigars makes a mm -hmm. Cremoso um, that is Over one of. Uh, yeah, I think that one's made at Agonor Salive. Oh, okay. uh, but it's it's the most deceiving looking cigar you ever want to see. It's Connecticut light, white band, and you start smoking it, and it's like someone came up behind you and sucker punched you with a with with a fistful of pepper. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's yeah, and you're like said 2017 when all these Connecticut's because that's like I think that's right around the time like when Atabay was real big, so everybody was trying to knock off the Atabay and then the Cuban, and yeah. I and the Atabay to me sucked. I mean, you 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 want to sell me an 18 to 22 dollar Connecticut? I think you know? they're 30 bucks yeah. by me. Or th or third, actually they they made yeah, they made actually pretty, I think I think expensive. you're right. I think they were like 30 dollars. You know, but they come in a nice jar. I hate to say it, but, you know, I don't knock other people's brains and stuff. I kind of do sometimes in my group, but I agree with your statement on that. Yeah, that was uh, – um, and, and that was at the time I, I, I thought it was hilarious because everybody um, – even even my boy Brad Reitz, Zeal Cigars, I'm going to call him out right now. Um, you know, that was the, the, the greatest cigar. Everybody's like, you know – and that was like the, the lore. You know, they snuck Cuban tobacco in there. You know, I'm like, no, no. no, no that, 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 that didn't happen. Um, and then I, I smoked it, and, and I did a review on it. I'm like, this cigar sucks, you know. And uh, and then it was like a month later, like everybody was in that. Now everybody's like, yeah, that cigar's not that great. And I'm like, I told all of you that it wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. you know? I remember when that came out. And is he? I, I, I'm such a purist when it comes to like, stuff like that. And if I walk in a sales shop and you're telling me, you know, hey, my my guy went to Cuba and brought this Cuban leaf back and. We just have to make a hundred thousand fucking cigars. Yeah, Cuban leaf in it. Like first, first, it's very hard to get like a pound of tobacco out of Nicaragua. 
I mean, yeah. out of Cuba, as far as, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's you a know, great I, story, I, though. Yeah, it's an awesome story. <laughs> I mean, other other brands do do that and say that. And I think that's just a sales tactic to move a shitty product. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Then, then someone asked me a couple weeks ago, and it's like, you know, is it true that, like, most Cuban cigars now are, like, uh, made half with Nicaraguan tobacco? And I'm like, no, I don't think that's a thing either. I don't think they're importing Nicaraguan tobacco at all. You know, it's, you know, uh, they, they, they have their island. They, they you know, they're, you know, I, I don't know. But, yeah, it, it's the it's the lore. You see things on my side of the field. Yeah. You know. I, I caught some shit making some comments in Cuban groups. I think one guy said it the best. Like, I was trending in a lot of Cuban groups because what I see and what I say, I'm not going to bullshit you. And I will say they do they do bring tobacco back to Nicaragua. Do they? My my eyes don't lie. Really? That's yeah. what I've heard too. From, I've 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 always heard it. I'm like, sources. how? Yeah. You know, how you know? How is I, I, I've seen some shit. You know, like, I mean, people are calling me out like, "Oh, fuck you," this and that, and you know, and then like another another guy I know who smokes nothing but Cuban cigars and collects Cuban cigars, and I know real well would comment like, "The guy has his own brand." I've met this guy in Europe multiple times. He knows what he's fucking talking about. Like I've done Cuban review cigars with. Uh, uh, this Australian side, I forgot their name, who sells Cuban cigars, you know. But, like, I tell people this if you smoke a spicy Cuban, you gotta, you, you gotta <laughs> spicy. <laughs> no, I, just, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know that. At, at, the, two, at all. The, two, the 2006 Cohiba uh, Generosos released, the first Maduro Cohiba did. That's a Nicaraguan rapper, for a fact. Wow. Because people in Cuba didn't even know how to ferment Maduro, they don't know what the fuck Maduro was, you know. They didn't have no clue. I know that for a fact from a Cuban guy telling me, from a guy in Europe also who bought that cigar. It's like, this is a, 2006. If you have it, smoke it. And when you buy the 2007, 2008, that's that's their first Cuban Maduro wrapper. It's a completely different cigar. Smoke the 2006. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a uh, um, that that I know. I, I always thought that that was a, just another. It was one yeah. of them. It was one of the first year the Cohiba uh, Generosos Maduro came out. That was so, a Nicaraguan rapper. I'm probably going to catch shit for now. They're probably going to all start talking, which I don't give a fuck. It is what it is. You know, I've been there, done that. You know, I've been, kicked, I, out of, I've been kicked out of more groups than there were on Facebook. It is what it is. Oh, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem. I said, I, 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 I literally just got a, a, a warning five minutes before this show. Really? What, hap- what happens is that religiously, every time I do a, a talk show or go on live or whatever, people try to get me banned so I can't talk. I, I can send you the screenshot literally two minutes before your show started. Facebook sent me, you know, support mail. Like you, you know, you, you're limited access to Facebook right now. Literally two minutes before the show started. Wow. Man, so 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 you're you're in the same boat as a uh, um, uh, Habibi, uh, Ronnie uh, Haisha. Oh uh, no, Ronnie will tell you no one's in my boat. Haisha is yeah, Haisha gets it pretty bad. I'll send it to you right now so you can see. Man. So, yeah, I mean there there are a lot of people hate me. A lot of people like me, but the, there's a lot more people that hate me. Yeah, it's uh, um and uh, uh that that's uh, yeah I see I see the other message. I'm yeah. You, man. yeah, God, you know, and and I, I I'm in that I'm in that boat. I mean I I don't I I'm a lot more people love me than hate me, but I, but I I speak my mind. Care, you know, he he comes to my defense, you know, uh, um, uh, quite often. Uh, I, I say some uh, some some polarizing stuff, and I speak what's on my mind. You know, and, yeah, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and Carrot, you know, Carrot asked me before the show, like, 
how do you think this is gonna go i'm like i, I don't know Risty's kind of known to be an asshole you know and it's uh i just had so a conversation yesterday with someone yeah. <laughs> or, or saturday i was in uh saturday <laughs> i was in fort wayne doing a multi-vendor event right and there's seven other brands there and, uh one i'm not gonna say names who but you know i like them all and uh they're talking and one guy's telling me about your brand and one of the brand guys you know the sales guy's like He's a guy either you like or hate. He goes, there's a lot of people in this industry who really hate him. And what it is is, like, I go at my own horn. I do what I want. There's no mm -hmm. outside invested interest in my company. I own my company. It's my money. I do what I want. So when people tell me, like, when I first started, I was direct to consumer. And so everyone hated me off the bat because I was direct to consumer. They're like, well, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? They're like, you have to go this way. You have to do it this way. I mean, I'm like, I didn't know there was a playbook to sell cigars. You know, it's like... I'm doing it the way I want to do. And now, you know, I, I go to I go to shops. Going to shops was cool. But now you see a lot of brands like, uh, well, they're like, well, look, I mean, fucking Davidoff sells every cigar they make online. Why can't yeah. I? But if I, you know, I, I, I had shot when I when I announced the IPCPR, I want to say 2018 it was, I'm going direct to consumer. I literally had 300 stores I said no to because they went. I didn't want to go into shops and one store that literally wanted to put me in their store when I first went to the show in 16, literally walked to my booth and showed me the Facebook message from two years ago. It was like, are you ready to be in shops? And I'm, I told him I'm done with the direct consumer. And at one point it like took over my life. I was literally shipping boxes nonstop out of my house all day, every day, seven days a mm -hmm. week. It was nuts. You know, I would leave work at my lunch break, box up all the orders in the morning, come home, box up all the orders. Orders are coming all night. And I had my mom over at one point just folding the USPS label. Just make sure <laughs> on the box. And my wife was pre-making boxes. You know, my my mail lady at the time knew my kid's sleeping schedule when to ring the doorbell. <laughs> that's how, that's how and so it got to a point where like, all right, like I have a big enough fan base, right? At this point. Everyone I know is smoking my cigars is always going to a shop and saying, you really need to get this cigar. I've never, ever called a shop and said, you should smoke, you should try my cigar, you should carry my cigar. I've never done that, still to this day. It's always a shop that comes up to me and says, listen, I got three to four guys smoking your stick in my fucking lounge and I'm not making money on it. I need to sell your cigar. And it's always been like that. I've never had to go out and, you know, I don't pay for ads, you know, I don't do none of that stuff. Like, so, if you so ask you me to so do you, an ad, I'll tell you no. Yeah, so you, you don't have brokers, you don't have anything. When I went to when I went to the stores, I put it this way: my, my Midwest broker at the time said he had the easiest job in the world because he didn't have to go to the store. They just called him. He's like, "Their shop's calling me to get your cigar in their store, and I don't have to do anything." Wow! He, so he was getting a, a commission check once a month for doing nothing for like all the hard work I put in. I literally <laughs> only had like two sales guys. That's it. It's mostly just shops that probably shop because I've known I know most of the shop owners. I know. All the importers around the world, so they just reach out. Most of them have my cell phone number, just message me on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I want to pick up a couple of boxes, throw them in the store. Cool. Sometimes, if it's in a, in a territory where I have a sales guy, I'll call the sales guy. Like, hey, man, I just sold, you know, to the shop, add it to your list of visit next time you're making your rounds. You know, so it's, hmm. I kind of did it backwards and it paid off really well because, you know, in the beginning, they're like, well, you need to hire brokers, you need to hire sales guys. They got to ground and pound, you got to do samples, 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 you know. It, I went to consumer and I was charging full retail. And if I wanted to give the consumer a discount, I'd give them a discount, 15, 20% off. 
and word of mouth is the best. You know, if you, you give a consumer 20% off on a box, first thing he's going to do is you know, tell four of his buddies, yo, I got a really good deal on these cigars. You guys got to really fucking try them. And you know, those four people turn into, hey, I need to order a five-pack or something. Yep. You know? So, I mean, that's how I did it. And a lot of people were pissed that I did it that way because they followed the textbook, whatever. This is how you sell cigars. This is how you do it, you know? Yeah, you know, it, it, it blows my mind that, that some of the smaller guys up and coming, they still get shit for direct-to-consumers. But there are some big, like you said, Davidoff, there are some big fucking guys that still sell online. And it's just like... Why, why, yeah. why, why are the big guys? Why are they, you know, why, why are they allowed to do it? You know, yeah. it's a, uh, it, I mean, it's a... I watched, uh, I, I don't, I, I don't think I haven't, I haven't smoked any of the cigars in a while, but, uh, I watched an interview with, uh, I don't think it was on your show. It was another show with Kyle from Warped, And he, he said the same thing, you know, it's just like, I make cigars that I sell direct to consumers and I, but I don't, but he has somebody who doesn't sell the shops, you know, at that time I'll sell my whole portfolio. Yeah. But he has a good point. You know, it's just like, he made a comment with the regulations. It's not cheap, you know what I'm saying? And like, there's some shops that don't pay you on time. There's some shops that don't pay you at all, you know? So it's just like one bad apple ruins. I don't do net 30 no more. You know, when I first came out, everyone's like, oh, I'll pay you in 30 days, I'll pay you in 30 days, 30 days. I didn't know no better. I'm like, right. cool, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I was used to getting my money as the shit shipped. And so now you have one person <laughs> late, another person late, another person late. And now it's just like, you know, Email goes out to every shop. No net thirty. If you don't like it, close my account. I don't care. And when you start yeah. off like that, I, I know I've learned the uh, you hey, get you, uh, if you get you know someone will be like, oh well, I only owe you a hundred bucks. But if you have like fifteen shops that only owe you a hundred bucks, it yeah, adds you got up. Like, you got twenty three hundred bet and like twenty three hundred not collected, and it's seventeen shops that owe you money. It's yeah. Like, and, and everybody's going, well, it's only it's only a hundred bucks. I'm like, well, listen, man, it's all relative, you know. It's 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 I'm a small boutique guy just starting off, and you know, if if I had twelve or thirteen or fourteen or fifteen people owing me that money, man, that's a lot of money dangling out there. But there are shops who do that on purpose. There are shops that focus on the new guys and say, oh, I'm going to give you a chance to make humor this and that. They're going to feed you some bullshit and not fucking pay. They yeah, do that it, because it's free cigars. It, it, right. Exactly. You know, I, what I, are you going to do? Yeah, I, I just switched machine shops for my little bleed tool and uh, went to pick up my, my first order, and I brought them a check, and uh, and they're like, oh no, I mean you have and they were in net sixty, so it's yeah. net sixty, and I and I go, oh, no, I don't I don't do that, and they're like, what? And I go, I go, no, I said I I I, I just I pay, and it was it was a seventy five hundred dollar check, and I go, That's no, I said, good, good that you don't do that. Yeah, you know, and and then and then the receptionist is like, oh, you know what? Why why don't you take advantage? I go because because you're gonna remember me. You know, so yeah. when, when I when I place an order, hey, you know, Kevin, he he pays. He brings a check when the and the order's ready. So so if you've got two or three orders and these guys are you know net sixty, but it takes them ninety or one twenty to pay, and it's like, yeah. hey, why don't we uh, why don't we just slide Kevin's you know order you know kind of up a, up above, but no, I don't. And, that, and that's what happens on my end too. If you pay, like, I had a shop owe me literally well over five grand, and it took them six months to pay me, and they finally paid me, and they're like, oh. You, you want to fly out and do an event? I was like, close my account. I go, it took me six months to collect my fucking money. I don't yeah. want to do this again. Close my yeah. account. You know, but yep. if, but you, if you like, you know, paid up, paid everything, then, you know, take advantage. I guarantee you if a shop calls me right now and says, hey, I need a hundred boxes of something new coming out. Okay. Look, right to yeah. you. Cause I know I'm going to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're going to get paid. And then, and, and maybe like I said, that shop that took you six months, if you still have an account, 
it's like, well, I promised him like ten boxes, but fuck yeah. that guy, you know, because you know, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get my money right now. So I've always, since the day I started my business, I, I pick up parts, I whatever, I write you a check, same day. I don't, I don't do net anything. I refuse. Now I have one company that refuses to take my money. They like, like they, when I pick up like for my plater, you know, for anodizing, I'm, I'm not allowed. They're like, no, we're, we, we, you have to send it to Arizona. And they're in mid Florida. Like it's like no, we're not allowed to take your money. I go, I hate this. I hate having to write a check, send it out somewhere, <laughs> and then pain, pain in the ass. You know. So so uh, so JSK cigars. We'll we'll get we'll get back into your cigars and, and what you do. Um, what what is the meaning of uh, of JSK? What is that? Is that yeah. something in your in your Macedonian lineage heritage? What what is the the direct meaning of that? Uh, Yashim uh, Kral means I am king, and you know, uh, my family comes from a Pisport village. You know, we're we're considered the hillbillies of Europe in that country. We're called Seljaki, which means like you know, the village kid, the village family. So like, in every village, the abundant fruit or the abundant you know, we have our own gardens. Whatever the abundant fruit is, you make your own alcohol. And if you came to my father's house, he would have alcohol and food. And you were considered a king of your home if you were able to provide that to your guest, you know. And when I was sitting here at home trying to think of a name, my father-in-law was sitting up in the back. We're smoking a cigar. We're drinking some homemade moonshine. You know, I make my own moonshine. I make my own wine. And you know, he's like, "I'm smoking something you made." We're eating. That you know, my aunt was just here. She brought some stuff over from the garden, and we're drinking alcohol we made. And he's like, "You're a king of your own home if you can do that for a guest." So. And Yasin crowd just, you know, stuck right there. So I consider people, you know, if you're smoking my cigar at your house, you know, it's coming from, I want you to feel like a king and just sit back and relax and just enjoy your day. You know, that's what that means. All right. So, so what, what kind of alcohol awesome. are you making? Uh, I make moonshine. I, uh, I make wine and moonshine. So I take, so when I crush the grapes, I let them ferment for about a month and I, I just still them down. Jessica's raising. Jessica, the you know from Jersey, you know North Carolina girl. She's. How, okay, she, you can't say New Jersey and then North Carolina. You it went from. Yes, you, from on her way to Florida, <laughs> she stopped in North Carolina for a couple of years, and only she only stayed because. It's a great of the combination. Yeah, it, she only stayed because of the moonshine. I stayed for the moonshine. <laughs> you know, and then uh, so. That's all yeah just, just just drink now what, what's the other uh, law in India? Cause i know like in a um uh, like i got friends that uh, make their own moonshine in ohio and it's like a gallon a year what, what's the laws in indiana on making your own can you make as much as you want for your I own cons- know. I, i'm oh. not a big law follower <laughs> don't you see the sign behind him yeah don't you see what it says no oh yeah the one right here over here said like fuck the fda yeah. but it's kind oh, of okay <laughs> But no, not I mean, checking it, it, not just, checking on the local laws, Kev. <laughs> no, it's not the first thing in my mind to do that. Usually, I, I go with it. But that was something uh, like my father-in-law taught me that. You know, I, he taught me how to make wine, and uh, he taught me how to make moonshine with the leftover product of you know the grapes, which you know in Italy they call them grappa. It's grappa, but I triple distill it. It comes out to like 180, 181. But then we dumb it down to like 102, 105 because you want something enjoyable. You want something to bring out the nuances of the grape versus just liquid fire. You know. Yeah, you dumb are, it down to like 102. What? What? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you when you make like six gallons, it turns into ten. You know. <laughs> wow. 
but it's enjoyable. I mean, I, I can give you straight moonshine that's like, like 180 proof. Yeah. You're not going to enjoy it. But if, if we sit yeah. down and enjoy cigars, I give you something that's 105, 102. You'll have a couple, you know, a couple glasses of it. Enjoy your cigar. You'll get drunk, but yeah, it's not gonna, it's not going to ruin your day. Yeah, yeah. You know? I'm gonna need you to dumb that down a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just 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 back back that back that off a, a notch. So well, like, um, some big events I do, you know, I do bring my own moonshine, and you know that's something I provide to the you know people that come. You know, that's I, great. Not, really no other brand can really say that. Uh, I do ship some wine to some friends in the industry like that really love wine. Uh, you might know who just, just you know, big brands that love wine and small brands love wine. You know, they'll tell you I make some really good shit. <laughs> yeah, I think the only uh, other person I know was, uh, and he doesn't even make it anymore. Pete Johnson, you know, yeah. uh, you know, he he had his uh, his his wine business for a while. He has and, a bottle uh, of my stuff at his house. Oh, does he? Yeah. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, last time I talked to me, he, he you know he had all leftover in a closet of all his wines. You know, just a closet full of, you know, his. So. Hopefully one day uh, um, I'll, I'll get I'll get one of his for for Jess. So and I had mentioned at the beginning of the show you're also co-owner of a, a Hoosier CBD. So which yeah. which came which came first? Um, did you get into the CBD com- company because you wanted to produce a CBD cigar? Because everybody no. knows, like I said, you know that the nugs or was no. the CBD first? So uh, I'm big in that industry as far as like uh, CBD marijuana stuff like that. I've been in it for a long time. What it was, was Indiana was thinking about legalizing CBD. So I am legally the first registered CBD company in the whole state of Indiana. To the point where a government official accused me of like insider information. And I'm just like, no, I just took a $700 chance and it just happened to get incorporated. You know, uh, I started Hoosier CBD because I believe in, you know, holistical products like that as far as like health and benefit. And I do take it myself and it, it's just like cigars. If, if, if I can make a product that I know I'm making to the best of the ability I can and the product out there, I'll sell it. Uh, but I kind of scaled back from that and I went directly to selling, you know, as far as uh, manufacturing, like liters, you know, half ton, couple hundred pounds of like isolate and stuff like that. So I, I sell mostly manufacturing supplies, you know. Uh, mm. I have a Delta 8 company, uh, the CBD company, tobacco company. Uh, I do a a bunch of stuff, you know. Now the CBD company is that based out of uh, uh, Indiana too, you know. With Indiana, but but the lab is in uh, two hours south of Denver. Uh, the way the CBD cigar came about is, you know, I, I disc off a lot uh, religiously. Like I try to go at least three times a week, but the past couple two months I've been so busy I couldn't do it. And we're all discing with my buddy, and I normally take CBD, and I, I smoke a cigar when I when I disc off too, you know. I don't, everyone looks at me weird because we're, you know, we're walking up, up mountains or hills, whatever, and I'm the only guy smoking a cigar and everyone's out of breath and I'm just chilling. And uh, I didn't take my CBD that day. And my buddy goes, you know what, it'd be really cool if there was CBD in that cigar. And as you're smoking it, you've really got the effects of CBD. And when I tell you, like, I had an epiphany, like the whole world stopped for like 30 seconds, it did. And I told myself, like, I have everything in place that I can incorporate and possibly do this. And so I started you know, research and development on a CBD cigar literally that following week in Colorado. You know, uh, it's trying to get to the point. It's patented, too, and everything. So, uh, yeah. That's yeah. Really my next question. Like I said, I, I had read somewhere, and uh, and it didn't go into, like, detail. Maybe it's a secret, you know, that, that you patented, you know, so the, the CBD cigar? Yes, the process, too. 
So, so, so all these companies that are coming up, because I, I just read one yesterday, or actually I sent Care a message yeah, I saw earlier. This morning. Yeah, it was, yeah. A, um, um, I, I forget, a Todd Vance, you know. Had, uh, yeah, I know, that, I know but, Todd. I met Todd in Europe when he was working with uh, Cornelius and Anthony, and I saw he was a sales guy. I haven't called him yet, but I'd like to see how they do it because I might send him a cease and desist, but who knows. Okay. Yeah, he, he, he was, he, he <laughs> because, was, because listen, like pat, patents are public, but yeah. when I was doing it, you can pay for 18 months to be a private until it finally goes through. My yeah. patent finally went through, so eventually it will become public and everyone will know how I do it, you know. Because I've had other really big, deep wallets in the industry ask me how I do it and really offer me quite a bit of money. And I just turned them down because, you know, they said, we want to do a million cigars next week, but we want to use your process and we'll pay X amount of money per cigar. And I was like, well, no, that's not enough money. So because there are other companies that have tried it and failed because my my way is scalable. My way, my way can make a million cigars in a week. Versus what everyone else is trying only can do a couple hundred a day, if that. Yeah, and, and one thing <laughs> I read online, and, and I haven't tried uh, the Nug CBD yet, but um, I've had one. And, yeah, and, 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 and everybody says like whatever process that that you have, you know, which will, like you said, available eventually be made to the public. Like yours is the only one that people say it tastes like a cigar, like yes. everybody else. And I yeah. don't know what CBD tastes like. So everybody says it, it, it's like a like a bitter or sound like yes. like every everybody else's cigar. You know, there's something in there, but yeah, yours... there was there was a cigar company. I mean, they're probably still out there. I don't know, but I just I remember when I announced I was making it. Uh, so what happened was there's two companies because I said I'm releasing it on this month, right? Which was like six months down the line. So for those six months, two companies came out with a CBD cigar, and I had messages from people saying, I really hope your cigar doesn't taste like this shit I'm smoking right now. And I told them, I promise you it won't. Like, my, that was my whole thing. I'm gonna deliver a cigar that tastes like a cigar, smokes like a cigar, but you also get the medicinal benefits of CBD out of it. You know, we developed a way to combine CBD with the chemical compound of nicotine. And I've also done the way with marijuana, with THC. I have a separate company where I have a purple band version of Nugs. It's infused marijuana that gets you high when you smoke it. Same concept, same same method, same principles. You know, even the box and the new box and the hundred milligrams that Abe just picked up—they're not on the—they're not the pictures aren't on the site yet, but there's holes in the box. You know, it's a 48 ring gauge cigar, but the hole is a 46, and what that does is for production because it makes the cigar dead center, and so when it gets infused, instead of doing a couple thousand a day, now I can I can that way I can really do 50 to 60 thousand cigars a day with no no hands touching the cigar. Oh, really? Yeah, so I kind of streamlined it into like a manufacturing assembly line. Because hmm. of anyone with deep pockets, that's their end game. They want to do mass quantity of a product that's always consistent. I just found out a way to make this product very consistent. And I patented literally the whole shipping process to the packaging process to how it sits on the shelf. Wow. And then did, did you, was it you that, did you do anything with cigarettes as well? Oh, I, I was... Yeah, so in Australia, I'm working with my importer. We're doing a cigarette line. Okay, because I I, th I thought I saw someone post that about about cigarettes, and and uh, and I thought oh, your name. Oh, no, no. Was... I mean, put it this way: if Philip Morris wanted to do a true CBD cigarette, they'd have to call me. Wow. Because I, I I'm using tobacco and CBD. It's not because if you look up the definition of a cigar, the only difference between cigar and a cig cigarette. According to the definitions, the cylinder size of the product. So you can call a cigarette a cigar based on the definition because it's only like what, like a 12 ring gauge or I don't know what the size of the cigarette is. Yeah, yeah. But the only main difference from a cigar and a cigarette, according to the dictionary, is 
the cylinder circumference of the product. So my, okay. my, patent, my patent covers that whole cylinder circumference. Wow. wow. And I'm just a guy from Hebron, Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's it. So well, I've so had yeah. I've had one of the one of your nugs. It was um, it was a, a couple several months ago, and I remember uh, I was speaking to uh, uh, one of the guys who owns a Cigar Experience, Pete Lee, and uh, he and I were were talking about it, and he was just talking about how great it tastes. And he's like, "It's such a smoke this. It's, at the end of the day, it's relaxing." And um, and I smoked one, and to your point, you know, you 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 read and you hear about the bitterness and the nastiness, and I I, I the cigar was so smooth and it had such a good flavor to it. If if you would have given it to me that and just said, hey, this is a new cigar, I smoked it, I would have never known. Yeah, the hundred milligrams, the hundred milligrams, just because it's a hundred milligrams of CBD in there, you do get to taste a little bit like vegetable and like kind of maybe a slight bitterness, but those age a lot longer. Uh, but you know, a lot of people when it, when it first came out, you know, I was like, either I'm going to jail for selling this product, or people are going to hate it, or people are going to love it. I I sell a ton of those things, you know. Uh, I've had people call me the next day. I've slept so good. I smoked 100 milligram. People call it the AM and PM, Nyquil and Dayquil of the cigar. AM 20 milligram, 100 milligram at night, you know. And I know people who just buy that cigar, like uh, Corona cigars. They just buy the nuts for me. They don't sell any other of my SKUs. But, you know, I want to say Jeff tried the 100 milligram, and I think he called me when he was driving back from Alaska at, like, 1 <laughs> o'clock at night. He was like, I want that cigar in my shop. And I was like, it was Jeff, you know. So, I, you know, I woke up, took the call at 1 o'clock at night, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the morning, you know. But, yeah, it's, it's either you love or hate that cigar. Uh, a lot of purists will say I'm an asshole for making it because I introduced something that's not tobacco and then other people say, I really wish I worked for a company sold that cigar or, you know, you're you're something new, innovative that the cigar industry needs, you know, like like how Jonathan drew the flavors, you know. Yeah, it, 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 it's exactly. amazing for doing that, you know, but uh, it's like Stogie Press said, there hasn't been nothing innovative since he did the flavors and then I just came off the nugs. So it's just like, but now other people are doing it, you know, like the new company with the CBG and the CBN where they're trying to use, you know. I'll find out how they're doing it. You know, I'll try it. I'll smoke it. I've had other companies want me to make them a CBD cigar, but, you know, so, I guess my, so my is, price so, is high. Look, so I've never heard the other. So for people that don't know, um, so you mentioned CBG and, and what is what is CBD versus like the other letters that you have? So what? first of all, what is CBD for people that may not CBD be listening to this compo- in the podcast? CBD, comp- CBD is a compound in the marijuana plant. Uh, the marijuana plant... The, a CBD plant and marijuana plant is the exact same thing. It's just a definition of 0.03 marijuana THC in a plant, so that's considered a CBD plant. But there's literally hundreds of different chemical, like natural compounds in the marijuana plant, CBN, CBG. Like uh, CBN and CBG, what these guys are doing, I know for a fact when you smoke that cigar, it's probably going to make you really try to go to sleep. And so that's why they're trying to go to a relaxing point. Uh, they probably don't think people in the cigar industry really know what's going on. But that cigar they're shooting for, how they wrote out that article that's cbn cbn if you take c like if you go to the store and buy cbn and cbd that product is more for at night to help you really sleep at night you know it's just a, a different way where your r1 r2 receptors in your body you know yeah i can talk hours for this stuff you know <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, i'm sure so so what's the um, um on on selling 
the CBD, you know, because um, first of all, people can smoke the CBD cigar and they're not going to fail a drug test, correct? Correct, hundred percent. Correct. correct. Okay, so so what? Is all my the... stuff is third party tested, and you know that's just another way I do it too. Because the way I do it, like the two companies that came up with CBD cigar, and one company was actually taking hemp flour and rolling it with the tobacco. See, that failed right there because by the laws of the federal government, you have to have uh, a third party test result. Uh, with the QR code that takes you to a third-party test. So the second you put like 0.1 grams or a different strand in that cigar, you got to pay $150 for a test. You know, so all my CBD cigars come from the exact same solution to do 150,000 cigars. When I go past 150,000 cigars, I use a new solution, the exact same, but it's retested uh, and the QR code's updated. So when you scan, when you scan my box and you scan my cigar, that has a QR code. It takes you to the third-party lab results, and it tells you exactly what's in there. You know, I have, because I had a lot of people, you know, who drive semis and you know, or prison guards at federal prison. Like, listen, I can't afford to lose my job. Mm-hmm. I really want to smoke the cigar, and I'll tell them, listen, if you don't smoke weed and you smoke my cigar, you will not fail a drug test. Okay. Because that's the last thing, you know. My lawyer's like, you don't want to be responsible for like a hundred thousand people losing their job. Yeah. So. That's something I, did. I, I that's something I did and I, I you know I did it right you know where a fly by night company is just gonna roll some shit in a cigar and hey yeah. you know, a CV cigar and hey if you fail you fail it's not my fault which on one of that companies if you look at his test result it was testing hot so you would have failed the drug test. Okay, so um, uh, what, what, what is <laughs> wow. what is the rules and regulations for selling? So since since uh, um, obviously you can pass a drug test, there's no THC in it. So is it 50 state legal or is CBD still? It's legal. It's it's legal in all states, but then there's some counties where, you know, where you got like, the hardcore people that don't, you know, marijuana is bad for you or it's going to kill you, blah blah. blah. So they they try to pass local ordinances that will say, you know, you can't sell CBD in this uh, county. But then there's also credit card processors where some comp- cigar companies use where that you just can't sell CBD products. Uh, CBD is a compound that has less than 0.3 uh, measurable levels of THC in it. If, there, okay. if it's over 0.3, it's considered a marijuana plant. It's not considered a t- CBD plant. Anymore. It's not considered hemp anymore. So. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See. So, so, surgery. Yeah. So. Uh, um. So. So there's no issues sending it. You know, across state lines, anything like that. You know. No. You know. So, uh, I, I have uh, Australia imports them. I sell them in Australia. Uh, I sell well, them if, you, if, you, if you if you can sell them in Australia, yeah. that, 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 that alone, that alone, you're, you're yeah. the, I give and, you the green light. Yeah, and they have they have some of the rigor, most rigorous testings. I had to send that cigar get tested there before before that shipment can come like even show up at customs. You know, it had to be a product approved. I'm trying to get them in the UK right now. Uh, in the UK, I have like all my SKUs except for the CBD line, and same thing with Sweden. I'm trying to get you know because I have a lot of international customers. That literally begged me to ship them box of CBD cigars. Okay, yeah, cause that was going to be one of my questions. Uh, um, I noticed I said, you know, all our friends overseas are, you know, posting up JSKs, but um, um, I was wondering, like, overseas, how the the CBD cigar was was doing. So it's uh, so there there's still some some issues getting it overseas. Yeah, I mean, I, I try getting into Sweden, but Sweden, like, you know, that point three in the U.S. In Sweden, it's like point zero 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 two. So oh wow! Yeah, so it, when you get to that level, like you're really not going to taste anything if you smoke five cigars. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like no point. But people still want the product to where some people are like, well, if I start a separate company in another country and just 
bring them by boat. You know, importers have thought of doing that because the demand is there for that cigar. So, and then, and then you also make the the nug in a non CBD, correct? Yes, it's called a nugless. So, oh, so it's called a nugless. Okay. So, I, I, that I didn't know. You know, so, so, someone had, had had said that. You know, asked me about that. You know, what was the difference? You know, yeah. what was the difference between the, the, so, the exact so, so same blend, but no CBD in it? Okay, so it's the exact same. There's nothing different nothing about changed. the cigar. You yeah. Know, so just, when that, when that when that cigar comes from Nicaragua, because Nicaragua is, I mean, if you get called marijuana or CBD in Nicaragua, you're going to jail, and that's one thing you don't want to do in Nicaragua is go to jail, or send a product that put someone else in jail. So. When that cigar comes from the U.S., it goes directly to Colorado to the lab. It gets infused, and then comes back to the warehouse, and it gets distributed. Oh, so so it's coming here to be yeah. infused. It's Correct. not being that's, infused. That's why there's that big jump. Because if you buy the Nuggets by itself, like the the Habano, it's eight ninety nine. Yeah. Versus versus you know fourteen dollars. You know, once you incorporate American labor, especially like lab lab guys and scientists and stuff like that, it's not cheap. Yeah. So that's why there's a big difference in price because it's just the American labor I have to factor in, and you know, shipping it literally two times. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, so <clears throat> any plans, or I mean, or is it, or is it pretty much impossible to to set up that operation in Nicaragua to do the infusion there? No, I've talked to two other countries where they want me to come out with my guy and teach him how to do it, so we can ship cigars directly there and they can infuse it. Because when I ship the nugs to another country from here, they get, you know, they got to pay the U.S. taxes. You know, the S chip and everything, the logistics. Let me turn my light on real quick. Wait a second. Yeah, I, I noticed the sun, the sun was setting a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, no worries. <laughs> it gets dark out here quick. But yeah, no, I, I've had a. Uh, I've had some other companies, not companies, but other people overseas. You know, like. Uh, when I introduced the marijuana cigar, when I said I was doing a marijuana cigar, there was one guy who literally flew from Europe to the show in Las Vegas who flew in the night before and had a noon flight and he called me. He's like, listen, I'm flying in just to pick up that cigar and I'm flying back home. And then when you come to Europe, we'll sit down and talk. Wow. You know, because I'm doing something that no one's done and everyone's that's smoking is saying, well, I don't know what the fuck this guy did, but he's doing it right because everyone else who's tried it has failed or it's not scalable. You know, so... Yeah, for, for so for not scale for the people that that aren't doing your process, are they, you know, I I, I don't you know what are they doing? I, I don't know. And without giving it away, you know, are, are they actually? I can't because they asked me the same question. They, they asked oh, okay. me the same question. Like when I was in Vegas, a company came up to me. He's like, here, try our product. And just holding it in my hand, I knew. I'm like, listen, I already know where you failed at because I can just tell the way the cigar feels. Like it's still really? it's still damp. I go, so you're using more of a solution you should be using and your problem is you want to make a million of these things but the process is going to take you like five years to do it and you want to do it okay. you know in a week so, so yeah so 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 you came up with your is it just in your brain or was it yeah. something you researched you know your scalable solution and, and how you got i mean how did you you know i, I mean I, I like to work with people like there's always that saying, if you're, the, if you're the smartest guy in the group, you're really the dumbest. So I try to surround myself with people when I do business with like some really smart motherfuckers where I have to sit down and like ask questions. All right, explain this to me a little bit dumber. Let me get on par with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I really sat down with, with guys in the CBD field and in the marijuana field who absolutely knew nothing about tobacco. 
where I taught them tobacco and they taught me everything else. You know, so okay. they were asking me questions like, well, what if we do this? And I'm like, well, we can't do that. And plus that cigar is rolled and used certain tobaccos because of the absorption process. You know, some leaf absorbs better than the other. So, I mean, you, you can take a, a 20 mil or 100 mil and cut that cigar <laughs> open and you're not going to know, like, okay, look, that's where the CBD's at, you know. It's okay, not... And, and yeah, and, and I never thought about that, you know, different tobaccos, um, the absorption rate. So yeah. how many, you know, like like how long thin or leaf, how many blends? You know, yeah, how like, many how many blends did it take before you figured out quite a like bit. the per perfect? Okay, it's, so so what I what I did with that is here. I'll tell you what I did with that. I sent every cigar at that point I had in my portfolio, and none of my blends in my portfolio worked. So I already knew right off the bat I can't make something like this. Okay. And that's when I deconstructed everything, and you know I started having Romeo, my partner, business partner at that time, start sending me a bunch of you know, Robustos, all different blends. I don't care what the blends are, just make sure they're all different. And just like blending a cigar, I kind of figured out what tobaccos and what, you know, blend one and blend five would work together and we kind of scale it down to, all right, send me one like this and it's just over a span of like six months doing that, it worked. Wow, that, that's- uh, so I tell that's people cool. that, that that's my most expensive cigar to make because it was literally just a year of just spending money and not be able to sell anything. Yeah. But it's to the point where it's done right. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's how like detailed I am sometimes. My brain won't let me do anything else. I can't won't let me cut corners. Going like, I can't I can't sell you a cigar in the vent knowing that cigar sucks in my mind. And what I'm telling you is, you should really buy a five pack of these because they're great. I can't do that. Exactly. You know, it just and like I said, I never thought about that because you know it's the same thing that that Karen and I you know we're huge lovers of Candela cigars. And like I said, there's so many companies out there that will try and jump on that bandwagon. They'll take an existing cigar and just wrap a candela mm-hmm. on it. And that's it. So like same thing, you know, now that you say that, you know, these, you know, CBD cigars that um, people say suck or they're sour. And it's like, oh, I'm just now it makes me think they're just taking a cigar they're already making and just injecting some stuff or spraying or rolling or whatever. You know, I mean, it's just that. like mixing water and oil. They're not meant to go together, but eventually right. you'll find out how they're supposed to, go, you know, emulsify together. Yeah. You know? Now, 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 speaking of candela, you you don't. I didn't no. see a single candela on your on your website. I'm I'm the one one of the I'm the only out of three people on here that hate candela. Nobody asked you, Jeff. I don't. <laughs> I've tried it. Like I've tried. I've tried a lot of brands candelas. You know, someone's like, oh, so and so candela is really good. Try. I just can't get that taste out of my mouth. It's just, that's just for me. That's like, you know, I told, I told people, one thing you'll never have me sell is a Candela cigar because I, I, I wouldn't be able to go to an event and showcase that cigar. You know, like try my, try the JSK Candela and I'm smoking my, you know, Red Knight Lancero, not smoking <laughs> yeah. Candela. You know, it's just like, that's just something I won't do. I won't do it, you know, like, I really don't, the only really cigar I really don't smoke of mine right now is, is a 60 ring gauge because of the size. I'm not a big 60 ring gauge smoker. I might literally smoke two or three of them, but no. I did it because my sales guy's like, listen, we can yeah. sell a ton more. It's a really good blend that smokes better in this, you know, in a 60 ring. So I was like, fuck it. So the tyrannical buck, five and a half by 60. It's a great cigar, but I just don't smoke it because of the size. You know, I, there's a demand for a 60 ring gauge in that blend. So. You know, this is the only time I broke my word on that one. Yeah, you know, Kara's smoking a a 60 ring gauge tonight. Uh, I smoked one last night, 
it's it's not a cigar that that I that I uh, gravitate towards. No, you know, I'll that, be good for like a couple of months. I mean, there's very few times yeah. I'll do a sixty ring gauge, or it's a specific cigar. Like this one tonight was a Matt Booth. It was a great cigar, sixty ring gauge, or uh, the box press La Gloria Cabana. Um, um, their, box uh, press a little bit different. It feels like box a 50, press. 50, 50, it, yeah, it doesn't you know? feel the same. You yeah, know, it's you completely put a different. Tip on it, you know, even better. Oh, but. it's better. But yeah, there's some. But that's not a real uh, ring gauge that I gravitate to. Every once in a while. You know, I'd like to see what the new company does with the FDA. You know, if nothing changes in September, I mean, I don't know how they're going to release that cigar. Yeah, you know, it's because a, I mean, it, it, here's the thing. Like I tell people, like it's not bad in the u.s yet but it's hopefully it never gets as bad how it is overseas you know or canada you, even yeah yeah i mean you go to australia or like new zealand you know like oh. uh my my jsk lonsdale is 65 dollars in australia after taxes mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i, I we were just mentioned yeah we were just mentioning i don't know if it was on our our podcast care or if it was on one of our uh, uh the uh our monday night shows but uh, um, I, w- I had mentioned that um, uh, in Australia, there's a there's a law trying to go through. So as of um, and I don't know what the smoking age in Australia is, either 18 or 21. Um, so as of as of January 1st, 2022, if you're not of uh, smoking age, you will never in your entire life be allowed to smoke uh, uh, tobacco products. They're, they're trying yeah, I, I and I see that. And then they're trying to they're trying to pass that now. So they're like, it never. That's brutal. New Zealand two years ago, New Zealand two years ago told their people we're going to tax tobacco so hard every year to the point where you can't afford it because they yeah. they want to be the first smokeless country in the world. Oh really? Mm-hmm. New Zealand. Yeah. New yeah. Zealand is it's over two thousand percent tax. Like Australia, like one thousand one hundred and sixty five dollars. You know, so I send my importer just one kilo of cigars, which would be like a box of cigars. You know, that's $1,150 he has to pay on top of the price yeah. of the box I sold him, plus logistics. Oh, on top yeah. of? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so my land, my, my land Cerro is $65 a stick in Australia. Not because he's juicing it up. It's just because after regulations and taxes, that's just what it ends yeah. up on the shelf. You know, like, like uh, states with no tax, my toothpick, you know, some shops will sell it for four ninety nine. You know, they'll, they'll eat a dollar instead of six bucks, they'll sell it for five bucks. You know, but the yeah, yeah, my, my yeah, my, my toothpick Maduro I'm smoking right now. Uh, my second one, uh, five dollars and fifty cents. Yeah. So like the same the same cigar in Indiana, seven twenty five. Yeah. Wow. You know, so I mean, people don't realize that when that, that's the thing when you see people bitching online like, oh, my cigar shop's so fucking expensive. I can get it like eighty dollars cheaper a box online. Well, yeah, you paid you know forty something dollars <laughs> on top of that price just for that box. You know, in yeah. You know. It's amazing because when we were in California, we were in San Francisco. I think I had like a eight dollar Macanudo. I think I played twenty. I paid like twenty four dollars for it. Twenty two. Mm-hmm. They got seventy eight percent sales tax. And um, I had my stuff was brought in to, to New Zealand as well a while back. It's expensive. Yeah. It was like I think I think a three pack was like a hundred and sixty dollars. And I'm like, holy shit, that's yeah. But it's the taxes are brutal. A, a nub Cameroon is like four bucks in the store. It's thirty-eight dollars. My my importer tells me in this store. Yeah, you know, and you tell someone that, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" And to the, to the point where there are people who say, "Send me fifty boxes 
of this cigar because it's cheaper for me to take a risk in losing that entire shipment than yep. paying for it. Like, yeah, I know people they'll do that three times before they'll say, "All right, I gotta buy this cigar legit now." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I know. There's a uh, some of the uh, the Facebook online auctions, and some of their biggest customers are Australia, New Zealand, just yeah. because you know, like you said, I'll take a risk on a five hundred dollar order because a yeah. five hundred dollar order is just it's it's, it's I mean, for, it'll for break them, the 500, bank. $500, you know, get a couple of boxes of cigars or get like, you know, 20 sticks at, yeah. at your store. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing. It's, and, and that's, if you're lucky, I mean, if you got a decent brand, but, uh, shit, I was going to say, he, Kevin's fast. Ah, around. There was a kid in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'd go to the bathroom really bad. And then of course there's a kid in the bathroom. So I just, Opened up. How did door. how did that work out? Well, I, I just I just opened up the front door. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. My poor neighbor. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Ho- hopefully nothing ever happens where the or my ring doorbell. I need to download. I'm like, all right, officer, just skip this part of me going to the, <laughs> to, the, to the bathroom out, out, outside. You know, so. It'd be a tough one to explain. Yeah, that that definitely would. So. Um, so, so you you mentioned your your tyrannical buck. So let's uh, let's go through a, 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 your lineup of, of cigars. We'll start off with the tyrannical buck. What what is where, where did the name come from? What and what is that cigar? Uh, tyrannical buck. The name you said earlier. A lot of people a lot of people think I'm an asshole online. So you know, kind of tyrannical asshole. My my name on Facebook used to be called Risty Buck until Facebook made me change it because it wasn't my real name. But yeah. everyone calls me Buck since I was a kid. So <laughs> tyrannical buck. You know, the definition of tyrannical is, you know, powerful, kind of asshole fucking guy or whatever. Uh, tyrannical Buck is the first one where I started using Pennsylvania Lajero in it, uh, Pennsylvania Broadleaf Lajero in it. So it kind of mm-hmm. amped up from all my other blends as far as the Red Knight and the Prala. And, you know, I used to have two other sizes or two other blends called Cernanak and Zlano Sonse, which I stopped making. I, I'm gonna start making them. I keep saying it every year, but I've just been so busy. I stopped making them when I left uh, the previous factory and went with uh, my business partner now, because the first thing I did is retool the Red Knight to be the exact same cigar again, and that's one thing that's uh, it's hard to do in this industry, especially if you don't know your own blend or if you take the word of someone you trust and it's a lie, saying, "Hey, this is your blend." Ninety-nine percent of the time, it's not your blend because they want you locked into that factory. Because if you go somewhere else and you tell them, "Hey, this is my blend," and they make it, and you're like, "Well, that's not my blend," yeah, you know. So no. uh, that was one thing getting into this business. Uh, I I go to the factory, I go to the field, I, I know what farm that leaf is from, I know what farm that leaf is from, I know I know every farmer that I buy tobacco from, so I know what to buy, I know where to get source it from. You know, some people, I, I've been to cigar events of other brands where they tell a totally different blend on the exact same cigar at two different events. You know what I'm saying? It's just oh, made wow. up stick, bullshit, whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just can't do that, you know? Uh, I have new new sizes coming out. Uh, the Corolla, like, the, if you see any Corolla on the market right now, it's two years old. I haven't made the Corolla since two years ago, so I made enough to kind of put them out in the market. It, they're priced like 14 bucks. I'm going to circle that one. I'll have to, I'll have to hunt around. I picked yeah. that cigar up. I think it was Executive Cigars in Simpsonville, Kentucky. Yeah, Curtis. Curtis. Yeah. 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 Chrissy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was traveling back from Chicago. I was driving from there to, to South Carolina, driving back and hitting cigar shops along the way, and I hit their place, and that's why I picked that nice one shot. up. 
Yeah, it is. Great shop. And, and, and I'm excited. I, I really want to try the tyrannical buck. Now, you had mentioned the uh, the Pennsylvania Lijero. And, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if I've ever tried a cigar with Pennsylvania Lijero, but recently um, um, one of our sponsors, J.C. Newman, had uh, um, made a new uh, a new line of the American. Mm-hmm. And uh, was it the American? that they? Yeah, I think that the, and then they um, um, has a, 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 an extra leaf or a leaf of the Pennsylvania Lijero in yeah. there. And man, they it amped it up, and that spice was yeah. just so good. So now, when you mentioned that earlier, I'm like, oh man, I've got to. In the Maduro, the spice really doesn't come out because that that, that uh, broadleaf kind of tones muddles it down, tones it down a little bit, but it really shines in the Connecticut. Like my my favorite sizes in that blend in the Maduro's the four by forty eight, and in the Connecticut is the six six and a half by uh, or six and a quarter by forty. I I should have made that in a Lancero just because I'm a Lancero guy, but this the six six and a quarter by forty Connecticut, Connecticut tyrannical buck is really good. Mm. Uh, I made a Habano version. I released once with the Cigar Federation in a six and a half by fifty size, which will be coming out next year in all the sizes again. Because as this deal I had with them, you know they wanted to be the first to do it exclusive, and I told them they can have a year. And a year goes by, then COVID hit, so I'm, it wasn't on my radar to really do right away. Uh, but I plan on doing uh, seven by forty-eight and Corollet is uh, a three or actually yeah three blend box where it's going to be a Habano, uh, Mexican San Andreas, and a Broadleaf. Mm. And I might do a Connecticut. The Connecticut's really good in that blend, so I might just do that like a, a special release. I have uh, <coughs> some shop exclusives coming out, like my first one coming out. In, let's say about a month. The cigars here in the states is with uh, Lou Liga in his new shop and over in Fishtown. Yeah. Uh, Fish scale. Yeah, I, yeah. I just saw. I just saw that yesterday. I think he was uh, yeah. uh, talking about the fish scale. I did uh, the state line with him when he was with the previous company, which came, you know turned out phenomenal. But uh, he ended up going on his own, and he, you know, first thing he called me right away. He's like, first exclusives, you start working on it." You know, so that cigar when it comes out, uh, I want to say I rolled that in March of this year, so it'll yeah. come out next month or the following month. Whenever I have a schedule to go out there and release it, really. And and he and he's kind of a unicorn in the industry, you know, of just going out on his own, you know, getting getting fired for yelling at a customer. And then, you know, he could have went anywhere else. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to. Yeah. I was having I had an event with uh, Nick Engine over at uh, Beer and Cigar and he drove down and, you know, I didn't know he was fired. And he drove down. He told me the story. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to open my own fucking lounge. I will do it. No one can fire you from your own place. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, you know and, and then and he's, he did, he, which is awesome, and, and that place looks beautiful too. Yeah, I, I saw the picture. It was right above a brewery, and um, mm-hmm. uh, I guess they're, they're getting ready to uh, the, the, uh, either start construction or they're building a, uh, a cigar uh, museum. Yeah, the museum um, downstairs because it's on the second floor. Yeah, which is cool. You know, you know, it, it's cool he's doing that because, like, even even what you're doing and what you're doing, Kurt, like. People are like, oh, there's too many reviewers. There's too many. Anyone can write down and say this. Well, that's awesome, because I'm I'm here talking with you. If you if you didn't do that, we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't be talking about cigars today. You know, it's a Monday night. You know, the more people that go out and review cigars, because everyone's got an opinion. You know, everyone's my palate's different from yours. You know, your best cigar might be taste shit to me, and my best cigar probably taste shit to you. You know, so the more information about about tobacco and the history out there, in my opinion, is awesome. Like, don't stop what you guys are doing. Have your friends do it. I tell everyone, post post a cigar or people that even don't even smoke cigars. I tell them, come to the cigar lounge with me. Spend two, three hours with me there. And most of them leave with like different, like 
business like ideas with someone else who does the exact same thing and they're walking out like man like i would have never met this guy if they didn't walk in a cigar shop you know yeah the more people talk about cigars the better you know oh exactly and uh, um uh, and, and i know we've we've kind of been getting into that online lately you know the the cigar reviewers the, the brand ambassadors, the uh, uh, the influencers, that has been a whole... Uh, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know, but like, yeah. in all reality, I'd rather see a chick with tits than a, than a fat dude shirtless <laughs> smoking a cigar. You know, let's be real here. You know, I, I call it how it is, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, do I have cigar influencers ask me for free stuff? Yeah. Usually if people ask me for free stuff, I would never, ever give someone a cigar. Yeah, most people that know me, I'm usually giving you a cigar before you even ask for it. You know, because yeah. if I'm smoking, I want people around me to smoke. You know what I'm saying? But if if you called me and said, "Hey," you and which you didn't, which I respect. Hey, I'm on your show. I'm, I, I need some cigars to smoke. And I told my buddies, I go, if cigar prop asked me to send him free shit, I probably won't even go on the show because this ain't yeah. the first time you asked me to be on here. No. <laughs> It's it's not you know I had mentioned that before before the show with Karen I'm like I'm like I didn't think we'd ever get Risty on the uh, on the show you know yeah. and uh, but yeah we we go out we we I, I buy Which my cool. own I, I buy my cool. own cigars you know it's just I, mean, a, it, I, I just have to say it because first and foremost we're cigar smokers which is I awesome mean, yeah that's yeah. that's really the point of it and you know it's great that Kevin has a show but. We smoke cigars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't expect anyone to give us anything. It's. I'm still a cigar you know. nerd. Like, yeah. like if yeah. Pete Johnson, you know, I look up to Pete Johnson still. If he has an event in my area, I'm driving four hours to go hang out with him. I don't have to, but I am. Yeah. I'm just that you know I'm, I'm that cigar guy. You know I'm a nerd it, when it comes to it, tobacco. Exactly. You know, last week we had a uh, Krishna Roya, uh, Roa on the show, and uh, and and I was out of a uh, CLE cigars. I went over to my local lounge and uh, and and I had told Karen and I show, posted a picture on Facebook. I spent six hundred and fifty dollars. That you on, did not tell on, me. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you. Got to wrap uh, up the show now. Yeah, uh, yeah. So thanks you for. Uh, but yeah, so button. Yeah, I spent six hundred and fifty dollars on CLE cigars because I, I I found some of his old vintage stuff and I'm like now I got to buy everything. So yeah. People but always that's, say, that, you know, that's, that's cigar smokers. That's like true cigar smokers. Because yeah. we're, we're the ones that walk in a clothing store and want like the cheapest shirt. But then when they say, hey, Sockets <laughs> just released a 10 count for $1,000 worth of unicorns. We're trying to find $1,000 to buy a box of fucking unicorns. You, you know, know you, you say that, you know, so like like twice a year, you know, I, I buy like 50 or 60 pairs of socks, like 50 undershirts. And then I'm like at the Walmart going, all right, so this sock is... 30 percent or 30 cents cheaper per, per and it's like and it's still like eight bucks and i'm like i just spent three hundred dollars on a box of cigars that i am just gonna smoke away and here i am bitching <laughs> that my favorite pair of socks went up Wait, 45. It, it, literally at that event i was at saturday like uh a local guy i know he, and he smokes a ton of cigars and one guy's like when are you gonna get a new truck he's like man you know how many cigars that is Yep. <laughs> so he, he values everything and buy something new based on how many cigars he can't buy. Yep. It's a lot of cigars. Yeah. You know that, that that's it. It's a uh, it it's insane. You know, but we're we're cigar smokers. You you start yeah. off with a little a little collection and you, you just build yeah. up. People are know? like, how big of a humidor I should get? As big as you want, multiplied by five. I you know I, I at least once a week. You know now lately over the last few months, sometimes twice a week, 
I, I get humidor because I do so many videos on YouTube on humidors on how to maintain them and all the humidors I buy and it, people's like what should I buy I'm looking at they'll send me a screenshot of this one on Amazon that holds like you know 100 cigars <laughs> yeah yeah I, I told my sister oh, buy 10 of them yeah. you know if it's a good deal buy 10 I go don't you know and then like our, our good friend uh, uh, Barry you know from uh, um, uh, the ash holes you know reached out to Karen and I questioning this cabinet that he wanted to buy and why well, on you know it holds three thousand and I don't have that many I go you will you would just, yeah. just 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 buy the damn humidor spend you know, the money you're gonna look at it, that empty shelf yeah yep. I, need to, I need to fill that <laughs> exactly you know Exa exactly and then we've all had you know one time I had you know six desktop humidors laying around it's like get yeah. the fuck out of here yeah, no, I, I was to the point where I had a, a room in my house where there's nothing filled with toast, like from Walmart, the big 50-gallon toast. Yeah. yeah. Stacked like nine feet tall, and I ended up building a, a fully walk-in humidor in my basement. Like, my basement's not a finish, but the only finished part of my basement is my walk-in <laughs> humidor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the joys of Indiana, having a basement. That's a... God, yeah, that's, well, that's why I can't live in Florida either, man. Yeah, what what I would give for a basement to build a walk-in humidor. You know, I miss you basements. Know. I'm from Pennsylvania originally. I lived up there, there my whole. I moved down here ten years ago, and I do miss basements because it's you know, the heat and humidity and the battling of keeping a cabinet humidor you know at the right temperature and the right humidity. Yeah. Opening doors, fans. It's just it's a nightmare. <laughs> It, it, it really it really is um god I just the, the, just all the issues you know with with all mine except my my daniel marshall i have my daniel marshall fsg humidor sitting right off to the side but that's that's a two thousand dollar desktop humidor that only holds 300 cigars that that's that's mind-boggling but it's it's maintenance free be, yeah, because then, it, then you start getting into like Cuban cigars, you know. Oh no! Nah. Cohiba, Cohiba released a sixty-count anniversary humidor that literally sold, I want to say, for like two hundred thirty-five thousand euros. God, and that was cheap. And I know, I know a guy that has nine of those. Get the fuck out of wow. here! You know, so for real, I know, I know a guy who has wow. a warehouse with more Cuban cigars than what Habanos I say has in stock. Man. And it's all vintage stuff. You know, it's like. Dang. There's some there's some people in this world when you when like like I said like you think you know cigars until you, there's always that one other person that has something you know like yeah. I've seen I've seen some crazy collections you know traveling you know and just meeting people you know it's cigars uh, and that person will open up his home to you and his family and you can stay there you yeah know? you don't get that with cigarette smokers you know when I when I travel. <laughs> Like when, when I travel to Europe, like people are begging me. They're like, "No, stay at my house. You stayed at so and so's last year. Spend spend the night with me. We'll you know we'll cook some meat. We'll drink. I'll invite some friends over." And I'm just like, it, it, to the point where I'm just like, you know, sometimes I just want to go back to the hotel because like when I go to Europe, I do my normal Europe tour is 13 events in 15 days in three countries. So oh. it's nonstop. Like I, I've been across the street to Mona Lisa three times. I've yet to see the Mona Lisa. <laughs> you know, I tell people that. Like I was traveling. I think it's awesome. But if you like being 16 hours in a cigar shop and then packing and getting on a plane in the morning or getting on a train or a bus to get to the airport, you know, that's yeah. how I see Europe, you know. But yeah, and, and I understand you just want to get back to the hotel because in a hotel you can be yourself. You can just yeah. unwind. You know, it just I, I prefer hotels over, you know, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll come over to your house and hang out for a little bit, but I'm going back to the hotel. Yeah, and, and my house is like a destination spot for a lot of cigar smoke because when you're in the town, like, you know, I've had a guy that called me from Dubai. He's like, mate, you know, which I, which I met in Amsterdam. He came to my event twice. He's like, mate, I'll be in Chicago for three days. I go, well, if you want to sleep three days in my house for two nights or one night, you know, you're more than welcome. Came over, had a good time, you know. You know? Yeah. I, I open up my door just as much as how everyone else opened up their door yeah. to me, you know. And that's and that's the world of cigars, you know. You know, just a, a yeah. little tube of dried up leaves, you know, brings the brings the whole world together. It's yeah, it's it's it's, it's a language that you don't have to speak Spanish and you still understand it. You know, yep. the world. The, it's amazing. You can have a conversation between a two-hour cigar and become best friends. It, oh yep. yeah, yeah. We we've done that many many times. So uh, so, Risty, uh, we, um, before we let you go, so 2021, the rest of 2021, going into next year. Um, what do you got? What, what's coming down the pipeline? Anything new and exciting you'd like to uh, um, to let us know? Uh, about? New stuff that's coming out before others would be like uh, the box press toothpick Connecticut, uh, a five by fifty box press Connecticut fifty count. Uh, I got the three different Corrales coming out. I've had a lot of people ask me about that. Uh, that's just one cigar I like to sit for at least a year before I release it. Uh, I got quite a few shop exclusives, a couple uh, monthly cigar stuff exclusives. It's not with what everyone people think with all the other monthly stuff yeah. coming out. I don't do business with that company. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like to say names. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got this my Sweden release coming out. Should be end of next month, and then my other Sweden release will be in January. The crisp, uh, the, the Storch Recupor, which is a five and a half by forty-eight uh, broadleaf Maduro, and the other ones of uh, Ecuadorian Habano. 12 count boxes, which the boxes are beautiful. Uh, we actually use the paint that they, the red paint they paint the red barns in Sweden for that box for the winter release. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, kind of in the works with a collab with someone. I can't say who yet. Actually, two different companies. One company actually just approached me recently. Uh, I'm not a big fan of collabs, I think, because uh, Saka said it the best. They don't work. Uh, so, I mean, I have a lot, like I said earlier. When everyone was rushing to get pro- new product on the shelf, I was uh, just rolling cigars and just let them age, you know. Oh, right. Oh, That's, you know what? What I do want to ask you about because uh, we we touched on it briefly uh, was the uh, the toothpick, the uh, uh-huh. the two the two point oh. Was uh-huh. there an original toothpick that now that yes. you come out? With, okay, so what is the difference between the the the, the original versus the two point The original toothpick. Uh, I did a cigar event in Minnesota in 2017. It was. A seven-course dinner with seven different cigars before every course, which was cigar two, and that was in a double perfecto. It was the okay. same blend, but it was in a double perfecto size. And then hmm. when I went to release, so I'm I'm very engaging with you know my followers and my customers where I do polls and stuff like that, even to pick the colors of the bands. Uh, the original toothpick, I had two sizes at my Ristafari three years ago. I had a four by forty-eight and a five by fifty, and they were both box pressed in both sizes. And I said, who, who, whatever you guys vote, that will go into production. And the winning one was the five, the five by fifty size, not box press. So now everyone wants me to release the box press size now, after three years. So that's why the Connecticut will be a box press size. Okay, and and that's so. definitely uh, like I said, I've smoked two of them tonight. I've got eight more inside cigar. the humidor. I mean, it, it's for fan, the it's price for, point. It's it's really hard to beat for the price point. It really is, and, and, a, and a Cuban kind of a Cuban sandwich. You know, it's not your traditional Cuban sandwich. You know, yeah, so, that, so that and so that cigar is also is a Cuban sandwich. It's got one long filler leaf in it. To kind of because I've seen people have a 
a four inch ash on a Cuban sandwich on my cigar, which is you can't really do that with another one. But, yeah, that's what I mentioned like on I did an IGTV video the other night, and I'm like, look at the ash on this Cuban sandwich. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get that a lot of, you're going to set one long term leaf I use in there. Uh, but that blend gradually changes depending what cigar sells more as what I'm rolling more because there's more leftovers. In it. So that that blend is a, a rolling, live, changing blend, subtly based on all my blends in my cigar. Oh, hmm. really? Okay. Yeah. So that, I mean, it's, it will taste similarly for like a few months and it'll gradually change. Like if I'm selling more tyrannical buck Maduros, like it's just a little bit amped up. Or if I'm selling more red nights, it's kind of toned down a little bit. If I'm selling more, you know, more toothpicks, this is more toothpicks. You know, it is what it is, but that cigar blend is not 100% the same all the time. Which I, I say that because, I mean, that's just what it is. Another brand will tell you, no, it's the exact same cigar. Well, yeah, you know, I, it, when people say that all the time, you know, like their Cuban sandwich is the same all the time. Like, well, how is that possible? You know, because, yeah, no. you know, a Cuban sandwich is just a mixture of... Because yeah, t- at, no. at the factory, you want to you want to have zero waste. Right. Yeah. Like one, 1% waste, that 1% you really can't make money on. But you make money on everything, even on the descending of the veins, you know. You crush them down, send them to another place that, you know. Rolling papers are made from crushed stems from tobacco. It's, you're just crushed down to powder and just formed into paper. Okay. You know, so the tobacco plant is really used 100% of the way through. It's never really thrown out. Oh, right, right on. That's, uh, I, I, didn't, yeah. I never knew that's where rolling papers came from. So that's an yeah. awesome piece of knowledge. So, um, Risty, thank you. Thank you yeah, for finally you for coming me. on. Yeah, you know, we, we, we had a blast. Um, everybody that wants to find Risty, uh, the website, the Instagram, all the, all the links are in the show notes down below. So easy to find. And- click, click on them. I will say you had a really good technical point coming on as far as you did a good job as far as IT wise and the way you ran your show. <laughs> I, I, I was because I've been on somewhere. I'm just like, wow, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I, good job. I, I watch those shows as well. So thank you very much. And uh, um, may, one day in the future, maybe we'll have you back on. Sounds good. So. Uh, I might be going to Abe's pretty soon. So if I am, I'll shoot you a call. If you want oh, to yeah. Me shoot me a message. Only a couple hours. I'll meet you down there. Sounds good, man. You guys have an awesome week. Awesome. Have a great week, too. Have a good one. Bye. Take care, Rissy. Bye.